Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Right, fellas, back with episode 23 of the Midnight Pod. We've stepped up the fucking production quality. We've got two ring lights and another iPhone 13 mini. Um, and for the first time ever, we're sponsored by Space Goods, which is obviously the new brand that I'm launching and have been working on in the background for like the past, I guess, like kind of three, four months properly. And these guys are actually recent investors in, very proud to say. Um, like we'll get into their story in a minute. Um, but yeah, Space Goods is the fucking next generation mental wellness brand. Um, I mean, long story short, it's going to change the fucking world. If you want to know when we're launching, spacegoods.co, working on the .com, click the link in the bio, put your email in there, and a lot of good shit coming. Um, you'll probably hear and see a lot more about this. If you follow my Instagram, you've probably seen it a lot already. I've just got some merch to fucking celebrate it. Um, but yeah, if you're interested, put your email in there, and we'll dive into the pod. Episode 23, um, with the guys, Ollie and Joe from Saw with us. As Hello. I said, recent investors in Space Goods terms undisclosed um i've known you like fucking six years seven years i think seven years used to be called oak when we were rowing (laughs) won't go into why to get cancelled no Um, god (laughs) you guys run a successful agency which i feel like i mean agency and e-com massive i feel like they have pros and cons we've discussed like different angles on the pod many times yeah and yeah i just want to dive into like loads of different things but I guess as usual the kind of first question there's, there's probably two sides because this is the second three man pub I've ever done apart from the first one when Billy fucked off after 15 minutes <laughs> rude cunt but yeah like I guess probably firstly how did you start the agency kind of rough background yeah. or maybe just like yeah. a rough background of both of you then how you came together and started the agency yeah and went for yeah. next it's been like what three years Two, and two, two years, years and a bit. Two and a bit years, just over two years, yeah. Two years in yeah. October, so. Yeah. And now you're getting flown out by fucking Triple World to Dubai and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah free it's trips. Mad. Comp um, Dubai trip, not bad. Yeah, 20, 20 people in two years. It's been been fun, but challenging. But yeah, I'll let mm. Joe go through, go first, and I'll go second. Yeah, so uh, me and Ollie have known each other for since year seven, I'd say. Longer than you, year, yeah. Year seven, year eight. Oh, fuck, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the stuff's all coming the out on the school, podcast. All the way through school, yeah. Um, I guess we both kind of had that entrepreneurial spark early on. We'd chat about stuff at school and everything. Then went off separate ways to uni. Uh, obviously that's where you two met each other. Had a yeah. little thing that did pretty well. I had numerous wow. failed attempts. Yeah, we're getting to that. Did a, uh, tried one of those uh, free watch, just pay shipping, drop shipping stores. <laughs> that didn't go very well. I know a guy that apparently sold his brand, doing, his brand for a million quid doing that. Yeah, if you were first mover there, it. early crazy. doors you were all a cashing in, but then everybody yeah. just knew it was a con after after a few exactly. years or so. Yeah. I, had, I had no money in my overdraft trying to fund that, so it didn't work. 
a few other things, failed, and then went off to do a year in industry of what I was doing after my degree and just learned. The only thing I got from that experience was that I didn't want to do what I was <laughs> studying to do. Mm. And that's when me and, me and Ollie started chatting again. You know, every time we'd go back home for Christmas and stuff, we'd have, you know, a few pints, chat about stuff. Yeah. And then we tried to launch a, a few dropshipping yeah. e-com brands, didn't work again because we had no money. So we were thinking, how do we start a business with no money? <laughs> and that's where we thought, obviously he had had experience from working with you. I've mm. been in a few sort of sales, client acquisition, client facing roles. So we just basically combined, like, I'll speak to businesses, you do the, the other part. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how it yeah. started. Just pull that mic down a little bit, it's gonna fucking yeah. hide your face. Yeah. I think like, full, like fully transparent reason we did agencies because we had no cash. And obviously yeah. <laughs> if you're doing an agency, I knew some, you taught me a fair bit about e-com ecosystem and stuff. Mm. And you can learn a lot about that from YouTube. So with an agency, you can just trade time for money if you've got nothing to start with. Like we had a bit of cash, but we didn't have enough to, I feel like when we were starting, it wasn't as easy to throw a dropshipping store up and just yeah, cash no, in instantly. It's probably like that again now with TikTok, you could do that yeah, to a degree, fuck. but yeah. like when we started, we needed at least a couple of grand and we didn't have that. So we were just like, right, let's just put loads of work in, call people, email people, like find someone who'll basically give us a chance of running their ads, pay us for that, and then we can take the money and build from there. Yeah. Um, and it's just gone from there to... Do you know about the bikini brand we oh, tried to God, start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, we, tried, <laughs> we tried a few... That was the first attempt, wasn't it? We tried we, to pick uh, something that was easy to market. Some yeah. Wait, sorry, when, when was this? Because I like to try and run these fairly chronological in my head. Because obviously, we're, we're going to yeah, our we should, collaboration. Yeah, that's like it was. It was. This was 2019 when we summer of 2019 about August. Just as when yeah. I was finishing uni, Joe was finishing his place. His, his about place my final year. year. I guess he did a similar similar thing to you. You did a mm. year in industry and hated it, didn't you? No, I didn't. Did you not hate it? It wasn't me. Oh God, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. No, I guess I did. Yeah, because I dropped out of uni originally in like 20 late 14 when I first started. Oh, you loved it, didn't you? You then, loved it. You were the old, other way. Did you not? Well, no, because fucking hell, it's great you here. <laughs> I did entrepreneurial Sorry. business management, ironically, for six weeks in Northumbria in Newcastle when you went to Newcastle because I fucked my head levels. And then dropped out and got a placement in Mayfair, which I spoke about in like yeah. episode 15, I think it was. Which right, I liked, okay. yeah. Right, okay. But you're wrong. There. Similar, similar, yeah. But Joe didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah, it was rubbish. And then we, we were just like talking about trying to find something to do. We were just trying to find something to start, knew we wanted to do our own thing. You probably set me on the path of doing my own thing, to be honest, if mm. you hadn't walked yeah, sure. into my life and <laughs> pointed me in that direction, then I probably wouldn't have done it, but um, got the bug from that. And then we were just like, right, we'll find something. And then the agency space was the one that we settled on. Yeah. Went for yeah. it. Bikini one didn't work out. Yeah. We spent like a few hundred quid on bikinis and paying influencers. I might have heard about this a little bit. Call it Swimplicity. Good name. Nah, I definitely heard of that. Yeah, it's, a yeah. it's a good name. I good think name. it's still on Instagram if you search it. It's a good name. If anyone fancies that, yeah. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll sell, we'll the, sell the Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah, so go back to how, how we met, and because there's quite a lot of e-com stuff there, yeah, yeah, which there I don't want to skim over, and I feel like cause it's chronological. Go into that briefly from yeah. your perspective. And yeah, because fuck, looking back at that, I was thinking about that. I think about that a few times and think, Jesus Christ, that, that was pretty impressive for yeah, the age we were at. It was the setup we had. I'd say it was heavily you led, not gonna lie. Well, like, we're looking back, like, uh, yeah. yeah, when I when when we met, um, I always referred to myself as a bit of a melt back then, <laughs> if I'm honest. Mm. Like, full well, transparency. Back like, then. 
Yeah, only like me. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, yeah, you. Like, I met you in 2016, probably at mm. uni, um, rowing. Which you were. Much- yeah, everyone fucking hated the rowing episodes, but but <laughs> yeah, the yeah, point with rowing, I think, rowing and sport in general teaches you to be a fucking mad cunt and like just do shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, ha- that work ethic, which is why I wanted to p- put those episodes on, which everyone I think saw past that and just didn't like it because it won econ, but they're missing the point. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like it's consistently working on something over yeah. and over again. To yeah, get it's the, the same the principles. Goal time, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is what business is, I guess. Like yeah. doing boring, kind of sometimes taxing stuff mm. at a high level um, for this like long term yeah, so goal. That was in 2016, wasn't it? Summer 2016. Yeah. You coxed our fucking yeah, boat yeah, yeah. in the, in the well. uni championships. Two stone wet through, yeah. <laughs> six foot one in the front, bowed down. Yeah, th- that, was, that was like the final year where yeah. sport, like rowing was like my life compared to like entrepreneurship. Yeah. And then it's like kind of dabbled before, but it was never serious. I was still at uni just before I dropped out. So we, I remember having loads of conversations with you, half of them in the back of a mini on the way there, on the way to training and back about yeah. you working on like leggings brands yes I have wavy clothing leggings clothing brands yeah. I've, I remember you the wavy leggings was the one you told me about first and I was like oh, man, tell, me, tell me more tell me more and we've got obviously you explained the situation there um, and I was like oh, I want I want to get involved so yeah. I was like I'll just help you for free basically and then we went from there to working together more collaboratively on the next project which was uh, loose Garms is what we called it, wasn't it? I don't know. Did you cover this in your first episode? No, I didn't. No. This is the thing. I, I want to do an episode. I want Fourth. someone to interview me for, for like the, the pre-Neon Beach scandal because like, that, that's where this podcast history started but there was fucking years before that. You probably need a hybrid. Maybe me and someone else from, yeah. from London or whatever. It is. Someone from... from yeah, Korea. everyone loves speaking about themselves. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do it the other um, way around. But you did... We we did loose garns, which was proper drop dropship spec. Just it was like right in that kind of Geordie Shaw era, with like here London had just become like massive. Yeah. Um, like they were probably they're not just become massive, but they were like huge at yeah. that point. Um, there was loads of brands springing up selling those like spray on ripped jeans, yeah. like spray on t shirts, six silks, etc. Yeah, yeah, all that. And we Geordie started, Shaw's yeah, thing. we started doing like ripped jeans, and then these the one that really booted off was the Sherpa jackets like these yeah, fleece I Sherpa jackets I remember the, I've seen yeah, ads for those did I, st- I, did I start the store uh, yeah, yeah technically no, came, it came and in this is when I just discovered Facebook ads in late 2016 which is probably like TikTok ads now yeah you gave me that that course by that Ben Summit Ben, ben Malo yeah, Ben yeah, Malo which I did yeah, high, fuck, I high level high level course one of the best that course I've ever done it's the only sick. course I've ever done doesn't exist anymore I got off the internet yeah tried to get in it about three or four months ago just to see what it was saying and it's yeah. just vanished Yo fellas, quick one. First bit of promo for the pod. You may or may not have heard, I released a fucking e-com course a few months ago. Basically spent like six months making it because I was in between businesses, as you probably know, if you follow my shit. I must say, 12 hours long, it's fucking quality content. I was gonna drop it at like 1500 quid with some bullshit guru-y webinar and all that rubbish, but as you know, it's not my main thing. I'm working on a new brand right now, very, very fucking much in the trenches, which is why I think it's actually a better course than everything else out there, because it's built on real experience of my brands in the past and my current one. I think it's super, super valuable. If you're interested in e-com, you're already in e-com and you want to get into ecom zero to one starting a brand from scratch then definitely worth investing in link is in the bio of this video or podcast spotify apple music wherever the fuck you're listening or watching and enjoy the rest of the pod um, yeah, legit. but we did that 
yeah, you 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 started it, and then we we did loose garms. We scaled it pretty hard until Chinese New Year, and then I yeah, was it was just basically rip, drop shipping drop shipping ripped jeans. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, back when CPM like I think cost of purchase was like two quid. Yeah, and then we we scaled it too hard into Chinese New Year. Didn't know Chinese New Year existed. <coughs> yeah, and I spent about ten hours a day replying to emails of people yeah. who just hated me. PayPal holes, all that shit. Like a low key version. I think of we got it to what? Neon. It was about fifty grand a month in revenue while we were in uni, which is fucking impressive. Yeah, looking yeah. back now, I was like nineteen. I think you were what? 20, I've been twenty, maybe ten, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah, and then we had that office, which was a Regis office. Yeah, which nice we didn't all. need, but it just felt. I would stopped going to uni. I don't know. I don't think you are. You were a bit more in. Yeah, family. I was more emotionally out of it, and then yes, yeah, started running ads like like I said, doing like 50, 30, 50 grand a month in revenue. Then we went private label, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And basically made we it had a that fucking Regis brand. office, which was literally yeah. four four white walls of a window. <laughs> yeah, there's pictures of that. You'd, yeah, you'd sit on there, my Instagram, you'd, you'd just scroll back five years and tuna mayo out of a box three times yeah. a day, just hustling away. Fucking <laughs> hell, like, that was trench shit. Um, and then there was like <laughs> two or three call centers of all these corporate people around us. Um, that's actually legendary shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we went own label. Well, no. Then we got a bigger office, and we thought we were ballers. Fucking hell, the toffee factory. The toffee that factory. was actually so. That was like Silicon Valley spec. <laughs> <laughs> that was lit. I know it was Newcastle. Oh, but Newcastle. The rent yeah. was like a grand was, a month. It is. It's a it was little, lit. It's a nice little spot in Usburn. Um, yeah. And just it, was just, it was just us two in this like <laughs> big office. Massive oh, it was office. so stupid. It was like fifteen hundred <laughs> like, square foot office, which it, doesn't sound massive, uh, but it was, it was massive huge. for two dons. It was like two. It was like us two with desks, and then like. Blank four space. meters of open space <laughs> yeah. and then just a table Anyone on the side <laughs> go back on our Instagrams uh, so I, cool. I know I've definitely got a picture of it from like twenty early 2017 which is fucking hell five years ago now yeah. but yeah that was legendary it was called Dusk then we changed the name to Dusk then we, we changed it to mm. Dusk and then we tried to private label it um, we had like 3PL warehouse everything it was like proper setup I remember um, scrolling through WhatsApp I don't know why I saw an image that you'd sent me about that time of like do you have like suede hats yeah, at one yeah. point? Yeah, we did. it was actually pretty lit. Like, yeah, it was, it was nice. I honestly think showed me all the samples. Stuck I was with like, it, that's it. We, were just, we were too immature. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a good business like at the right time as well. There wasn't that many bedroom clothing brands. No, there wasn't. So it was speak. pretty high quality as well. We just got absolutely shagged by shipping costs from China. Yeah. And we, then, had to, we had to fly it all in. Yeah, and I remember there being an ruined. unexpected shipping bill or something. And we basically had no money. Yeah. And we, then we, got ruined. we just kind of agreed to part ways. Um, and then we got sued, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, someone sued us for the name, which is someone, yeah, because it was like, really? yeah, we didn't do the trademark research, we just called it Dusk. Yeah, I remember, I remember having a back and forth. I'm sure you wanted to call it Space or something, like something very similar. You were very, you're, it's like that midnight vibe, I guess all your brands have had that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell, this is um, actually very nostalgic. I haven't thought about this in a while. And yeah, I, I think one of the problems was we weren't aligned in terms of position in life. I think you were very un, like out of uni. In hindsight, yeah. if I could go back, but like hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I didn't do it, so can't really regret it too much. But I probably should have took the plunge as well. Would have been the next fucking gym shark. Yeah. <laughs> what time. could have been? What could have been? Could have really should have been next. Yeah, you'd have been. You'd have been. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, my office job. Not, don't don't regret it at all. It's a learning experience. Isn't yeah, it? Fuck. Um, but we were we weren't aligned on. I, pro- I think motivation level from you was probably higher than myself. You were probably more mature in a sense, definitely more mature, and kind of knew what you you wanted to do. Whereas I didn't. I'd emotionally stage. left uni already. Yeah. Like, I didn't even give a fuck about any of the mates I had there. Like yeah. 
Whereas, yeah, that was a weird time looking back. Like I didn't want to leave because my parents might, well, my grandparents parted. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, and then it got complicated. I think I remember probably won't go into it too much because one of your mates put some money into it. Yeah, yeah, he might watch this, but yeah, he did. He did. It was just, I did in hindsight, we, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. No, it's um, naive decisions, but again, a lot of learning. If I hadn't done that, we probably wouldn't have got to where we are in the agency. I don't think. Yeah, because like the ecom yeah. skills, didn't you then? Yeah, Do like you know? the ecom knowledge that I gained then, and just the not not even like the direct knowledge then, but like the knowledge of the ecom space to know what to research and to know what went into mm. running a successful ecom business, is given me the ammo to like advise people at a much higher level when we're when we're working with them as clients now compared yeah, to if I was just running. The Facebook mad ads. thing with that, looking back, is that was like building a brand way before I get into the, like drop shipping scale yeah yeah it was brand, that's the yeah, thing very, like, it was a pretty decent brand as well everyone now is like oh, oh I'll just drop ship on TikTok whatever to make bread to fucking start a brand but that was a brand like, yeah when Luke fucking Hemmings bought a shit remember that from yeah, 5 seconds of summer yeah yeah, yeah but, like, he's got like 10 million followers Maybe he didn't tag us but he posted it <laughs> yeah. I was like fucking hell what's going on here we, this is a legit so thing. Jackets, man. They were, they were, we were yeah, ahead we, we of ripped our time. off Fear of God. <laughs> yeah, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry Lorenzo's Fear of God, which is like a thousand pound jacket. They were fucking ahead of our, the time. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen it. Wild. They went wild. It was actually like some innovation. Sure, couple of mates still, well, still got the dust. Hell, yeah, that was um, actually quite a creative brand. Yeah, you were always very on. You've always been good. At, you've always been pushing and being good at going for the branding. Like you never wanted to stick in the dropshipping space for too long. When we were doing that, anyway. I don't know about. Future ventures. Yeah, I'll yeah. do, do an episode on that. But yeah, I, I guess then ultimately to conclude that section, yeah, like we what we effectively just I didn't speak to you for like two years. Yeah, we, we basically just clo- we we amicably agreed to close down the business, didn't we? We just yep. sold off the stock, whatever, whatever money was left in them. I don't remember. I literally don't remember. I think we got a few grand out of it. Yeah, and, and then, then we just moved on. That, yeah, you yeah. And then we just I didn't, shut we, it down. We didn't speak to you for like what two? <laughs> yeah, because that's when years? I went travelling and started. The whole drop shipping, fucking yeah. living large for two years. Thing. I, I did a dissertation and. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I thought, who, who is this civilian? That's what I thought, honestly. Got, I thought, got out the other side of uni. Yeah, did a year, did two years, got out the other side of uni. Then once we got going in the agency, I got back in touch with you, I think. Yeah, um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that. That was a bit yeah. later on, I think. Yeah, yeah. That would have been start of 2020. 2020. Start of 2020. 2020, yeah. yeah. Um, full circle. Mm. Yeah, so. That was our background. What happened? So, so you finished uni in when? When did you finish uni, both of you? you I finished 2019. 2019. Uh, I finished 2020. Yeah, you finished a year after. You were a year younger? Or you, you were no, I did a gap year. Yeah. Did all the travelling stuff. <clears throat> um, and then a placement year as well. Yeah. So you had an extra year at uni, didn't you? And yeah, then switched. I switched courses at uni. So I did four years. That's how I met you. Um, yeah, and then yeah, so I finished a year later than everybody would have in my year, and then Joe finished a year later than me. Yeah, and then whilst I was doing my placement, we started doing about talking about business ideas. When I'd go see my girlfriend in Newcastle because she was at uni there, mm. I'd meet up with him because he was still there. Where did you go? Uh, Loughborough. Fuck me! Why'd you go there? <laughs> it was the only. I, sh- I just uh, assumed you went to Newcastle. I, uh, I, don't, I don't really know your background. It was the only uni that offered a BSc in economics as opposed to BA, where I didn't need a maths A level. Isn't it that where was, you go if you want to do sport? Everyone says. Other that, than that, yeah. it's shite. It's good. It's like, it's it's like top, four, top four uni. <laughs> is it? Is it yeah. Russell Group? Yeah, it's a pretty good uni. No, but it went, it went from like 15 when I started. Is it like, to like middle of nowhere four. or something? Like, so it's, it's like near Nottingham. It's pretty rural. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's good. A lot of people do sport there. You get all the Olympians there. It's got the biggest gym in Europe there or something by yeah. floor space. And, but yeah, basically, uh, we started linking up when I'd go see my girlfriend in, in Newcastle and then meet at this little coffee shop and talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then he was doing an internship at, was like a SaaS sales yeah, company or something? Yeah, a SaaS company, a pretty good SaaS company. Um, mm. And that taught me a lot about like, just yeah again the more about like systems and processes they were so like well organized as a company um which was interesting but yeah they were making yeah. ridiculous amounts of money you got a shopify chain just go off no no that might be one of our client stores no, yeah. I, I, already said that. I was i was doing <laughs> I, was checking, I was checking something on the way up here <laughs> someone <laughs> tweeted the other day you know when you turn the, the uh, so turn the shop yeah, yeah, ching yeah. off shit's getting real and I was like that was us in 2016 like we're well ahead of this twist yeah, yeah, yeah. we've been in the game a Can't while it. it's like crack yeah, <laughs> I honestly I like yeah. I'll punch anyone that has that shit on I didn't mean yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, you shouldn't be in the same room. room it's even worse that that one even mine it's clients yeah. Shopify no, that's funny. Just got we it on. claim it it's yeah. like a complete change of subject but um, um, it's all good what were you saying uh, and then yeah whilst you were doing your doing your internship yeah we I was over on my summer break. I was going back to uni in October, so we just hustled hard for like six, seven weeks. It's pretty funny in his in his bedroom yeah. doing like hustled on what on the agency at this point. Yeah, we would just did learn off YouTube, you know, like how to get clients. He already knew the Facebook stuff. So had you finished uni, or were you about to finish uni? No, I was in the summer break from my third to fourth year, and you finished. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd finished, but I was doing an internship. Um, funny because you were you were at jp morgan for the last like morgan stanley morgan stanley yeah. sorry at the end of that and i was at an internship and we were both just like he you what did you say to your guy who was working there? Oh, it was a 12 like, months internship and six months in we had like a six month review and my manager was like how are we finding it i said i'll be like straight up with you i hate this i'm not putting any extra effort in than than i need to mm-hmm. and then like all my project stuff got like passed passed off i'd uh, i was maybe working on like a, a dissertation for uni and I just bullshitted and said, oh, I need like five hours a week to be able to do this. And all I do is go into like this private room and, and collect leads to contact for the agency and then call them yeah. like whilst at work. And I'd do the same in the SaaS company. I'd, I'd have two screens. My boss was to my left. So I'd use the left screen yeah. and I'd have a spreadsheet. Right screen would be doing work and I'd just be slamming leads in, slamming emails out, just like just yeah, working so- on, on our own thing. Because I think a lot of people watching find that relatable. Like, Going back a bit before, did you know before you finished uni that you weren't going to go the traditional route and get a grad job and all this? I didn't know. Like for how certain, soon did that start to tickle in your mind? I think my plan, because I was unaware of how fucking easy it was in within reason to start mm. an online business. So I thought you needed loads of money first. So my plan had always yeah. been go to investment banking because you get paid shit loads hustle for like 10 years, save loads of money, start a business. Fuck that. But then I hated it so much. <laughs> Just and then true, I was on yeah, I was on YouTube and there's people making mm. e-com dropshipping stores, like millions, people starting agencies. So I was like, I'll just do it now. Uh, and then quick, very quickly, I when I went back to uni for my fourth year, no effort whatsoever. I revised like two hours for my exams. Yeah. I think that's the thing though. People see people doing very well and think they're very different to them. Mm. Like they think that they've done something like crazy but it, usually they've got the exact very similar skill set they might some people are obviously more intelligent like have better skills like in terms of intelligence mm. but most of the time it's just someone who's put more work in over over a longer period done the same stuff day in day out worked on something consistently for a long period of time you can get there mm. to answer your question about the 
when did I know? I, I wouldn't have done anything if I hadn't met you, I don't reckon. Like, I, I, I was so, yeah, like, traditional in terms of, yeah. <laughs> I, say I, say that. I say that without, not, not just saying that when I'm on this, like, I think I was very, like, focused on doing, like, a degree. I, I was doing economics and going and trying to find, just trying to find a job that I enjoyed mm. in some high-paying industry and just going to work. And then I met you. And the the thing that you told me that I honestly think changed my life was the Andy Fisella podcast. Like you put me <laughs> onto that podcast. Yeah, MFCEO. That, I, I've listened to every episode yeah, from episode one until now. That was me like 2017, episode, 2018. I listen to it when I'm doing like workouts and all. If I'm ever feeling like unmotivated or demotivated, I put a few episodes, I've got like five to 10 mm. episodes of that that I just slam on and it's just like instant mindset switch. And that, that like re, from listening to that from like, episode one to like 150 re, literally reprogrammed my mind from start to finish yeah uh, it, was, it was it was nuts um so yeah that, i think that was big big in terms of just being able to believe that you can do what you want like if you want to do mm. something you just go do it um that you don't have to go the traditional route that the barrier to entry to starting a business online isn't that high if yeah. you do it um was, yeah i literally searched on youtube how to make money online and then yeah. just picked something Dropshipping didn't work, and then picked agency. Yeah, because ultimately everyone has. Uh, it's always interesting looking back because people say, "How, how do you start and stuff?" It's always very scrappy by definition. Yeah. Like it's it, it starts with just an interest in mm, don't want to do what X Y Z is doing, like uni grad job. You know, you start YouTubing. It's literally that. Yeah. Like the internet fucking changed everything in terms of access. Yeah. But it has to come from an initial place of intrigue which 99% of people don't have. It's got to come from an initial point. mindset. I feel like mindset yeah. has to be in tune before you start anything else. If you don't have the mindset aligned, which is what that podcast gave me, is mindset. Yeah. If you have the mindset to do something, you'll do it, you'll make it happen. Mm. You just have to be like relentless in the pursuit of whatever you yeah, want to do. Yeah, that's something I overlooked when we, because we've like coached a few people as well to do their own agency and stuff. And like one thing that we kind of overlooked in terms of teaching people was the mindset section. But like, cause, cause yeah. I'd read like loads of books, personal development books before we'd even started a business. So you'd obviously listen to podcasts and done the thing with you. So that was already like there for us. I feel like a lot of people feel like they, they skip that step, but that plays a big role. We didn't really realize that until we kind of got going. Yeah. I think you could even feel it in like short term cycles. Like you can go through periods when you're super dialed in and your mindset's really right. And then something might rock you off course and you feel like you're not getting as much done. Mm. And like, I feel like from the people we've, we've worked, we don't, we don't really do like full coaching right now, but we do like what we did like one-to-one with quite, with like 10 to 15 people. Yeah. Six or seven of them are doing like 40 to 50K a month, really, really successful. And then the other side is like, some people just couldn't make it, couldn't make it work. And I think it's a, the trend is like, um, it's usually just need to get the mindset right and get that like foundational skill set and that mm. foundational motivation and, the ability to just do, do the right, like work on work consistently, work hard over a long period, right, and and, and prioritise and things like that, um, which people do overlook. Yeah, because you mentioned that I like knowing me, whatever, and I don't know, I don't know where my initial motiva- motivation came from, but a lot of people have asked me this and have assumed in comments on DMs or whatever, they're sort of like, oh, how have you got such a good network? Blah blah blah, and like literally about this podcast. My answer was, well, I didn't know a single fucking person in uni that was interested in entrepreneurship, let alone yeah. e-com initially, apart from Adam Reed, who was on episode seven. But I met him through a Facebook group. We, didn't, <laughs> we were at the same uni, or, the same city. He was in Newcastle, I was in Northumbria. But we didn't, we didn't go to uni together. <laughs> so the answer is I didn't know anyone at uni or in my circle at all. 
up to age 21, thereabouts. And then it would have been Adam Reed that spoke to you a little bit and then, like, forced you to fucking come and yeah, hang, yeah, out, yeah. hang out with me because you're the only person that showed any interest whatsoever. So, like, the answer to that is you don't fucking know anyone until you, until like, you try it, and yeah. know people by, by putting yourself out there in, like, Facebook groups and shit. Like, you have to start with, like, small, basic, like, cringe shit. Yeah, you have to make steps to... to you Dons to are like, want to wake up with fucking... Every, every mate is Elon Musk. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. I think it's worse in the UK, though. Like, yeah, in the US, the I feel like it's a massive, culture. It's a massive culture, yeah. entrepreneurial culture in the US. Like, Silicon Valley spec. Like, yeah. Loads more events, loads more... Even just, just the way that society and the government treat yeah. it. Yeah, way more. It was inc- almost like encouraged. Yeah, almost, exactly. Whereas here, it's like the American risky. dream. All that. It's like risky. Yeah, it, is. Mm. it probably is that actually. Like when you distill it down, like I feel like UK is probably very. Well, we're known in the US for being like risk averse and very pessimistic and yeah. like harder to sell. For example, the UK <laughs> and Americans just like take my money. Well, literally, it's the yeah. other day on a call. Whereas, whereas the UK, mm. it's like convincing them showing them every like get out every guarantee possible uh, whereas the US are just like let's try it um, and I feel like that's a, a, something you can't really change within the culture of a short term but definitely something I've yeah. noticed one thing as well before I come back to like, the, how the agency started it's like a phrase I heard and it's so fucking true it sounds like cliche but most cliches are true <laughs> it's like experience breeds confidence and, and it's kind of few ways to interpret that but like firstly like if you don't fucking know anyone or even speak to anyone online that I don't know has started an agency or started an e-com brand in my case like initially when I before we started Dusk I was in this Facebook group with a guy called Murray Edwards it's like like, I don't know one of the OG like fucking gurus in that space some Australian Don and that's the only place I knew people that's how I met Adam Reid I just joined a Facebook group and then you see people making money online because you need the most basic proof of concept they are making money online oh fuck me that's amazing because <laughs> I was working the burger bar when I joined this group like it sounds fucking like exaggerated but literally and that was the last job I ever had other than that like, e-com so yeah like everyone needs like those levels reference of experience point, yeah reference points like it seems ridiculous until you meet achievable. someone that's done that and then obviously it levels up over time yeah, yeah. that's what happened to us we, we kind of yeah <clears throat> so we watch all these gurus on YouTube mm. and you know how it is when you're not you just think everything's bullshit you think there are scammers too good to be true they're, they're, yeah. they're making money off the course and everything so but we just kind of put our faith in one and bought one yeah got a PayPal loan for a thousand pound no interest to pay back over six months to get this course because we'd been using free YouTube stuff and, and hustling and getting no results from end of June to like September so we yeah. were doing like 50 to 100 outreach cold calls DMs emails every day for like three months yeah. with zero results Yeah. so that's when we decided anyway. to buy the course and it did help with the structure and stuff but that's one thing I think a lot of people miss out on it's just you got to be willing to do like three or four months of nothing before it starts getting traction mm. in some scenarios. That's when when was this? Sorry, just like two thousand nine to paint the picture. So you were still in uni. I was in my summer break from uni. You finished uni. Finish I finished my placement. Did you ever think about getting a grad job? No, my parents slated me for so long. They were just like on me all the time about when you're going to get a real job. <laughs> so had you decided to start a, a business of any kind, which ended up being the agency before, yeah. like before, basically? Yeah. I, I started just before I finished my dissertation, yeah. Yeah, I somehow got yeah. offered a job to come back to the placement after uni. 
even though I'd given up for six months and I, I turned down <laughs> the past like the last two desperate for people yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so draining man it was just spreadsheet work uh, but yeah for the past the, the last two months of that placement I, we were doing that we, I was yeah. getting leads cold calling stuff I actually managed to book a meeting while still working there um, and the people in the office it sounds like bullshit were like oh you know it's not going to work it's not going to do anything but there's one of these one of the guys who opposite me was just like so cynical you could just tell he hated his like job mm. and he would like be like Joe give up man like you're not going to make it like <laughs> it sounds like cliche it's like an he, American film he was a bit yeah it was like it was a bit of banter as well he was a sound guy yeah. but also like I was just there like nah trust me in a year I'm going to have like I'm a millionaire you know all this <laughs> stuff yeah. and yeah I literally decided at that point we're going to start a business over summer and I said if I said if I drop out of uni if I was earning more in October than I was at my placement, and I was like a few hundred quid a month off, so I didn't drop out. But yeah, I wish I had to be honest. <laughs> right, yeah. So we've gone through the fucking historic, historic background. Um, let's go on to the agency shit because oh, I feel goodness. like everyone watching right now is thinking, "Shut the fuck up, talk about agency." When did that start to work? You said three months of outreach and shit and by the way at this point are you three months having left uni and it hasn't worked and you've told your parents you're starting a business two, two months I reckon two months of that I, I, it wasn't not working like we'd acquired a couple of clients but it wasn't like it wasn't like I could fend, I could fund my life in, nah not from got our yeah. first client in August yeah and so we, we started, started in June but started, the August paid, 2019 yeah the client paid us £200 like absolutely nothing between the two of us and we had £200 out to you were still in uni yeah. I was about year. to go back to uni in October. Yeah, yeah. And did you do that? I went back to uni. Yeah, I went oh, right, finished okay. uni. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just literally put it put it on the back. By the time we came, by the time we came out of uni, we were doing like good enough numbers to justify not getting a job. Twenty k um, month or something. Yeah, so decent numbers. Um, yeah, just it started working. Well. It started working fairly quickly. Like for us, like all we saw in those first few months was proof of concept. Like if we can acquire a business or a couple of businesses, then it proves that people are open to this. Hmm. Like. I think people get caught up very much in like the the, the online world and, and think that everybody knows how to market but like there's a lot of businesses out there who have no idea how to sell to people yeah. and there's a big skill gap a big knowledge gap um, and there always will be in some way you just have to find a way of plugging that to have a successful service business like yeah. all it is is bridging the gap between like so someone who needs something and someone who can't do it like mm. you just kind of come in there and provide that Um Regardless of what How it is. conscious was the decision to start an agency? Like, like, did it start as I don't want to get a grad job, I want to start a business, therefore I can do X, Y, Z, one of which is yeah. agency? Was it just like YouTube, Google spec? Yeah, yeah. It started with the we want to start a business, we've got no money. Yeah. And like, no, don't want to go not, the traditional route, let's start an online business, yeah. can't afford drop shipping. <laughs> don't really want to do something long tail like affiliate marketing or yeah. like SEO or something where we have to put seven months of working because we didn't have that and he knew Facebook ads so. and yeah obviously I had the experience from you so it was a good link up so did, did you never think drop shipping or, or econ brand yeah we just couldn't afford it like. money. We, had literally, yeah. we had to take a PayPal it's... loan for the course like we, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't whose course money. was that uh, Jordan Platton a guy called Jordan Platton yeah. you need to put a fucking affiliate link on this shout out yeah it was a good course Help so. yeah I've heard of him course. someone said I should get him on the pod but like the thing is with agency courses like t to be honest they're all the same yeah. like the way to acquire clients is you is like it's a simple formula like there's 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 nuances within it in terms of like oh, all right we're going to try a different subject line we're going to try a different outreach approach like 
sending video DMs versus sending normal DMs. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna lead with more value versus just sending loads of like simple messages. The principle is the same. The course is gonna teach you the same stuff regardless of who you use you take. I'd just try and find some ones that you align with most. It's like so. Wh- the wh- why did you choose his? And I think when, when you searched, yeah. I think I literally searched SMA UK. And this, this is after you'd already started and you thought, fuck, we need help. It was yeah. like, shit, we'll waste loads of money on bikinis. Yeah. It's something that costs no money. And he was the only person at that moment ranking on YouTube who yeah. was British mm. and SMA, everyone else American. And some of the slight differences I didn't quite like. I hadn't seen him, um, to be fair. He was quite, yeah. starting off, he was quite a beginner then. The, yeah, the, his yeah. whole thing was called something different. He wasn't like massive. But oh, it was cheaper. Pretty cheap. Yeah. But I th- like that course basically just structured everything that you can get on YouTube for free, which is why it was helpful. Yeah. But I honestly think the, the main differentiator was everything we had before that course, like the mindset stuff we spoke about. Because That's although a lot of people do well with the course, it's more so... Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of people more. don't because they mm. give up. Because the course gives you everything you need, but then you can't change the person that's learning the shit kind of thing. A lot of yeah. people just don't put the effort in, so. And you were still in uni, you weren't in uni. Yeah. Right. Mm. How does that work as co-founders of a business? Because I would be, it's kind of how I felt with you when we were doing the clothing thing. I was like, well, if you're not fully in this, why are you still, in, I'd be thinking, why are you still in uni if, if oh, you're done? Yeah, I remember uh, we, we had a bit of a conversation about how I'd be like, no? We, I remember saying like, oh, I'll pay, whenever we start properly earning, I'll, I'll pay you more to make up for it. Cause yeah, I just I couldn't put more hours, but he was just pretty chilled about it. it. <laughs> I wasn't too bothered. Like I've, we split the business right now. I handle the whole team. Mm. So I, I, I manage all of the fulfillment, um, yeah. all of the, all of the ads, all of the client communications, like all of that side of the business. Joe does all the sales side. Yeah. And it was about a light. Obviously he'd had a client facing role within Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley, I always get that wrong. And he's got blonde hair. Yeah. So it sells. Um, as I said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like he had that role. I'd never done any phone conversations. I can sell now from doing it for experience. Sell mm. through the knowledge now. But yeah, I can I can I don't sell from there. Like he's very good at sales. So it was like I knew that I like as much as I could do the Facebook ad, if I didn't have anyone to do it for, it was pointless. Um yeah. and I wasn't too bothered, like as he said, like when we started earning money, obviously I didn't have a job, so or I wasn't at uni, didn't have a student loan, so I yeah. took more of that to fund my life. Um but I also wanted it to do it with someone. I think doing things with a business partner, this is something we all also notice with, with coaching. A lot of people who do it on their own find it quite hard to get past a certain level. Yeah. Because they get they had to think about too many things. Whereas like for us two, it that, that distinction of like I focus on everything from the onboarding experience onwards. Yeah. Has has given us quite clear direction. I think it's allowed us to grow pretty fast because um you need you yeah, need two very focus. different skills in agency space you need the sales side and the technical side it's really hard to find one person that has both skills at scale yeah mm. yeah you can do find them we've got some single agency owners that do really well but they'll very out quickly there, outsource yeah. what they don't like sales or the, or the ad side yeah we very luckily yeah. had you know we both specialize in different areas so yeah i've I've often debated this with people. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's cases where co-founders and, and solo founders work 
I think there's more technically there's more successful businesses with co-founders if you look at the stats it has to be complimentary though yeah because yeah. I've, I've never done the co-founder you thing. were really anti-co-founder until recently <laughs> and now you're pretty co-founder orientated like I am because of experience yeah. because I've learned the hard way how lonely and horrible it can be when things go wrong as a solo founder I think I think what we yeah that's, that's the thing like you've got someone to lean on like if you don't feel motivated it's like oh, you're not even motivated if, you, if you're having like a everyone has off days don't yeah they, off so. day it's like easy to bounce off each other it's easy to pick each other up it, you've always got someone mm. who's probably it's very rare that you're probably both going to have an off day someone's going to be driving forward somewhere um, it's about finding people who complement your skills I think and you you enjoy working with more yeah. than anything I think um, it yeah it's easier to focus on certain elements if you've got two people you can split things out quite nicely yeah it gives you different perspectives like there's there's benefits but there's also the negative but the negative for me is probably the only the only negative to not having someone else in the business is to having someone else in the business is probably monetary yeah and maybe a bit and maybe a bit of like decision making if you don't align but we don't really not align on things yeah it's a good relationship yeah, I definitely think agency has a clearer distinction between two parts than something like e-com. When I've tried to persuade people who wanted to start off by themselves and I've said, <clears throat> you will be more successful. Yo, fellas, quick one. You may or may not have noticed there's been a bit of merch, so to speak, in recent episodes. We've got two different things. We've got some of the retro style OG neon beach posters that I designed like four years ago. You may have seen it on my Instagram. And then we've got some of the best-selling OG viral style neon signs that basically did start that entire craze about two years ago now. So yeah, if you want to add something to your home office, your living room, just anywhere sick, basically, that you want to add that extra thing to and support the channel, then you can check that out. Link is in the bio, midnight.co forward slash shop and yeah just an aesthetic item to complement the process i suppose cheers for watching and enjoy the rest of the pod you will likely be more successful with a partner they've been like oh but i've got to split it 50 50 but it's like would you rather have 50 50 of something or 100 yeah. of nothing it's, like, it's alex or mosey always it's says like, would you rather have a whole grape or a slice of a watermelon yeah. and that's like <laughs> i know really i didn't know you said that that's, that's a really good saying, saying. That's like good, you'd actually. rather have a slice of this massive piece than like grind yeah. away that is the approach I've taken with going down the fundraising route yeah. which we can definitely get onto later on I think that's yeah relevant. I'll ask you some questions yeah a bit of flip <laughs> flip round yeah no um, yeah so what does it look like then in terms of like living situation for you like, so you're three months you've left uni you start yeah. the agency you've been emotionally committed you've gone balls deep with a thousand pound PayPal loan which is fucking <laughs> hefty like, you must have been broke I was on edge edge well, no, to be fair I say that like, I remember crying when I got a two grand uni grant because I was like fuck I got money <laughs> no, I'm a bit yeah. serious it's like, all relative when you when I don't you... come from poverty but my parents didn't give me money Yeah. yeah. so I had no money um, I remember I remember people like ask, making sure people pay me for a quid if I'd, if I'd like bought some like a sausage roll from. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I was like, I need that quid. Well, we I'm went to uni in the north. This is trenches. All these cunts watching it live down in like Watford and shit. You don't know. Yeah. Um, it went crazy fast. Yeah, you. I, I, you I was. I was. Um, my parent. I was working out my parents' converted garage, proper box. Like Pad. Yeah. Four four yards wide, four yards long. Like yeah. proper proper square room. Oh, <laughs> pretty unhealthy like I'd wake up move three yards to a desk sit there for six hours get up walk back what, in your bedroom go to bed yeah yeah Fuck, so yeah. bad that's trenches though six but, yards is pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was six yards six, six centimetres yeah, yeah. yeah. probably two steps two and a half yards and 
did that for like four months just sl- obviously when we started I just slammed outreach because we didn't have any clients um, yeah I was slamming it was in four months it was longer than four months wasn't it yeah probably I was, I was in that for longer than four months but before we got traction it was probably two months oh, and yeah, we started sorry, getting yeah. some traction so it felt good um, so yeah just just in that room I yeah, get so, dropped uh, off at his instantly. remember I brought a, a chair around yeah you'd um, roll up were you still committed to uni at this point that was in the summer I did that. I'd go down to his every every day because it was summer like, nineteen. Not every day, most most days. Yeah, summer yeah. two thousand nineteen. But uh, then, so then back went back to uni. Yeah, uh, I was living with like four mates in like a big house, proper student house, proper shit all. Yeah, uh, proper <laughs> like student it. life as well. But yeah. I'd just be like not going out on weekends. Like they say to me, oh, I, I could tell that you know you could do something because you just like never go out towards the last few years. Yeah, I started doing that. Just just wasn't interested. Um, I remember when you started doing that. Stopped giving a fuck about it, trying to show housemates. <laughs> well, I had a girlfriend. I went for uni. I was like, mate, I'm in a Facebook group learning about Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah, I try and explain it to her. Shout out Greta. Yeah, I lived in a house with of nine people with five girls and four boys imagine yeah. the sexual tension <laughs> and it had a hot tub in the house oh god yeah. in Jesmond in Newcastle 48 St George's Terrace that's jokes if anyone's watching from there that's where we can <laughs> but yeah we um, basically we had, had that conversation like I said of like oh you're you by default have more time to commit yeah but then very quickly so we we started getting traction just as I was going back to uni so our first client was like a local, she knew my mum, paid us 200 quid. She mm. owned one of them, them uh, you know, them hats that people wear at the races. Yeah. Like fascinators. Like, yeah, that's what they called, yeah. She owned one of them, a local store. Fucking weird, posh shit. Yeah, like it was really, really out there. It was just really hard to get results for with 200 pound I'd spent like. For a month as well, I was like, not gonna happen. But then off the back of that, we then got a fireplace and stove shopping in in, in my town it was honestly take what you could get at this yeah, point. Like, yeah. And they, we got results for them to be fair and we got results for both was them, this actually. on social media ads yeah, Facebook yeah. Instagram Facebook yeah. ads yeah I went in just Facebook ads I rang him up and was like local work with these you know can I come in went in and met him pretty cool guy sold it on £500 a month I was so gassed just <laughs> like oh my god this is like proof of concept like I said earlier like mm. if I can sell this guy on that you know what else can we do £750 ad spend absolutely smashed it for him to be fair but he didn't have the sales process to follow up on the leads yeah but then after that you dm'd some i started lighting up instagram dms for clothing yeah. in the uk and you i think i'd have been on ecom i just works. yeah i just started getting so you, you didn't start thinking ecom we just started Even thinking business. we started yeah. just being like how do we make money like what's the lowest lo- who the, the fuck will pay us so it's like who, who, personal who, network obviously like local mm. we weren't just like who would pay us like we wanted to get people results and we got results for everybody we worked with in those early stages yeah. it wasn't just like take people's cash and not do anything for mm. them like it was obviously they had to have something that would be able to sell yeah but I, I was just from there I just started slamming Instagram DMs uh, but I think we got it on it quite early and I was just getting replies from I still believe there's an element of luck to outreach. It's hitting someone at the right time when they need the service, when they're maybe switching agencies. That was our first client was luck. And like, I literally said we had a chat this morning and you DM'd us. Yeah. That was it. It's like, like yeah, we mm. signed a couple of clothing brands for like one to two K a month retainers each. And from there we just started, started acquiring. <laughs> we, drew, we had oh, a meeting yeah. in London with this, this vintage football kit. We had no money. 
Zero money. We we couldn't afford the train down. Really. So, so I drove down so my C one. Citroen C one. Yeah, I remember that car. Fucking legendary. Passing yeah. Watford and then got the, the ten pound train into London. Met and then uh, met him in this bar. Got a bit loose. Spoke about football for two hours. Ended up getting him on a free trial for the first month. And if we did well, they'd pay us a grand a month after that. And then Absolutely. kept him for two years. Got do, him, like, do you not think like forty? Quick rollers. side note. Like looking back, uh, in like uh, uh, the fucking like broke hustle times they always they're the most beautiful in hindsight I wish I'd documented more no, I feel 100%. like everybody gets to a point where they say it sounds that. cliche again it's cliche it is cliche but it's fucking true yeah, yeah like, it's funny I mean, th- there's so many examples I'm sure we all have but yeah th- 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 they're, they're the most special times like, they're the, the shit you'll write about yeah. in 20 years when you've got a fucking 100 foot yacht and 17 Latinas <laughs> or, or a family in a nice house in the north yeah, whatever it is but one of the two like, that's the fucking magic of the trenches yeah, yeah. I've got some videos and that. like you never lose that mindset you can be in the trenches in a nice flight well, in London like I am right now but <laughs> again, like I've, the real trenches yeah I've referenced that that's Alex where characters Mosey are built once hmm? but that Alex Amosi said he did a video the other week it was like hard work is the goal yeah. like like most people think that the outcome but you'll never be fulfilled by the outcome you might be for like a very short I feel like you've been mm. through this so maybe you'd be quite good to reflect on it you've had the you've you've said that like there's, there's many things in life you can buy but none of them really give you fulfillment for an extended period of time yeah. whereas I feel like working on something that you enjoy that you're happy to sit and work on for 12 hours a day provides you with like way more fulfillment than anything materialistic mm. ever will so that's why I think that saying is like that hard work is the goal. Find something you're willing to work hard on consistently for a long period of time and detach yourself from the outcome mm. and you'll by default be successful yeah. because you're working harder than everybody else. And that's why you've probably found with the brand now because you're, you'll probably find that you enjoy working on that. Obviously, Neon was kind of that, to be fair. You, that was a passion in terms yeah, of the branding. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, like you, you probably, if you'd done things differently there, that probably could have been that passion project that become ridiculously big but mm. I feel like you found that again with space which a lot of people probably won't be able to find two of them in, a, in even a lifetime so it's like well three big three, brands like yeah. both big-ish um, just got to do a third time now so I think that's quite like a, a, a thing that not enough people try to pursue like a lot mm. of people pursue money car it's social media something. isn't it like yeah. it's, people have become obsessed with the idea the highlight of, reel I said it in like episode 18 or whatever fucking I feel, I feel like even more now like young entrepreneurs particularly guys because most of my guys that's just the fact yeah like they're just looking for a way to how can I never have to work again mm. ASAP i.e. how do I make enough money so I don't have to work yeah whereas what they should be doing is what can I work on 15 hours a day that doesn't feel like work exactly and that's how that. I'll get rich enough so I don't have to work but I still work because I want to yeah Retire. that's what the most successful people do yeah like it's retired like people who are not these cunts that are trying to do some rug pull yeah because they don't want to work again yeah it's not sustainable don't work no I think people as well get a bit mixed up with what passion actually means like I wasn't like I'd wake up and be like oh my god I can't wait to like cold call 50 people it's not like (laughs) it's not like passion like that it's just it's just being able to cope with doing something so much, like you said, so it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. It's not like you need to love absolutely every minute. Because one thing I struggled with when I started was, oh, I'm not passionate about anything. Like, I don't mm. actually love doing anything. But you don't have to be like that passionate. You just have to be able to do it to a level that you can actually be consistent with. 
because otherwise you give up yeah but you don't have to spend hours trying yeah. to think oh you know i really like this really like that and then try and do something because it's it's sometimes impossible to find that thing that you know makes you feel like amazing all the time and make a business out of it yeah yeah I, yeah I, I agree i agree i agree i also think <laughs> there's you. something to be said about a lot of people in the entrepreneurial space not actually optimizing around what they want to do mm. yeah like we've got obviously we've got a big team we've got about 20 people um and we've been having a lot of conversations recently about like what where do we want to take the business and i feel like mm. a lot of people think they want to chase like 10 million pound months but not enough to, not yeah. enough people could take time to reflect on what that would mean for the lifestyle and whether yeah. that's actually what they want to optimize around like we were like do we want to have an agency with a hundred people mm. does that align with like how we want to live our personal life and it's like the answer right now is definitely no yeah and i feel like taking time to step back and be like right because that's what like the business is like a a vehicle to a lifestyle that's why most people start them anyway I yeah. feel. and but but then once people get into the trenches, they don't step back and be like, does this align with the lifestyle I'm pursuing? Mm. Is this actually providing the vehicle to get there? Or is it just like a, an endless train to like some outcome that I don't actually want and loads of stress mm. and like bigger isn't always better. Um, so I think like, yeah, there's a lot of that around. I feel I mean, like that ties to passion in a way. Like you need to find the outcome that you want and then like yeah I think you also have passion. to get in the trenches to find your passion yeah exactly you know what I mean because like, yeah. if you've got no experience in said yeah, niche you just have to fucking start like it's like yeah you don't, you don't know if you're passionate about brand building if you've never fucking started like yeah. even opened a Shopify store yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. it's like it's like people are passionate about stuff that they don't kind of realise like I wasn't passionate about sales or like yeah. selling marketing I was I just enjoy talking to people yeah and like learning about people's stories and networking with people like you know go to careers fairs at uni and just like talking to people and hearing about the story you're like just very interested in like e-com yeah and like so like i'm not working out about, things so like i'm not passionate about facebook ads but yeah. i'm very passionate about like consulting with business owners about the bigger picture mm. yeah, but yeah. but but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have an agency which allows me not to spend all my time on e on Facebook yeah, exactly. ads. It allows me to spend my time on calls with business owners being like, right, well, we don't need to spend more on Facebook. We need to redirect our spend over here because your blended, like your blended ROAS or your, your margin to make, your, your opportunity here is bigger than here and, and, and so forth. Like, um, yeah, I feel like you can find your passion by just like working in a certain area and it, you'll come across it. Just start doing something, man. That's it. Just start doing something. Yeah. People just delay it. stuff so long that it never happens. Yeah, it's like this podcast, to be fair. Like, easy example. Like, I'd say I'm fucking, I'm quite passionate about doing this podcast now, but it's not, like, I never really planned to start a pod. I always played around with content of some sort. Then I just wanted to fucking talk about the shit I went through because it was therapeutic. And then I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, people relate to it. Oh, <laughs> little dopamine boost a little <laughs> bit of approval and then it was like oh fuck I like drinking red wine and talking to fucking like minded cunts yeah. and then it became an excuse to get intelligent people to come into my flat Yeah, like basically and then it was like oh shit people yeah. actually like listening to this shit and because there's some actual background and context there I feel like I'm reasonably qualified to do it yeah, yeah. rather than doing it when I was 18 which I did have a YouTube channel when I was 17, 18 it wasn't like a podcast but like what the fuck was I talking about? I had nothing to talk about. Yeah. yeah. There was no passion there. So you know what I mean? People get, like, people I was a get, blank slate. You, yeah. People get hung up on trying to find the passion, whereas like, 
if you just start doing something, the passion like creates itself. Yeah. Sort of thing. And yeah, I'm not saying that you, there's also a line. I feel like you can't. It's like it's okay to follow your passions, but you need to like be able yeah. to f- like f- like not facilitate, but like survive first you don't like, want to be the starving artist yeah 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 exactly that's that good, exactly yeah. that that's a perfect way to put it like, yeah you have to you pursue your passions to a degree or you, you side hustle your passion mm. passion until it becomes like we obviously took the jump from uni but if you've got a job then you have to kind of find that medium between the two there's some Japanese fucking thing called Ikigai which I talked about in my econ course by the way it's in the fucking bio um, and <laughs> it's so true and it's like the perfect thing for anyone to work on is the intersection of ikigai is the concept of like I think it's like the something, Venn diagram yeah like it's like two, something yeah, you love something that has a market and something that can be monetized basically so yeah. like anyone can probably find that yeah you're meant to draw three circles aren't you like money passion and like yeah skills exactly and skills and so it's you like, find the thing that's in the middle ideally example like if some fucking Don's watching this I'm, I don't know like, I love Xbox, but my mum says I can't get a job in that. Oh, I don't know. So, for example, you love Xbox. There's a demand for, I don't know, gaming retailers to fucking do Google Ads. And that can be monetized. And actually, like Google Ads, because it's kind of a lot of the same skill set as gaming. It's like on a computer and shit. That's one example off the top of my head. There's probably a billion others. But just Google it, Ikigai, and it will make a lot of sense for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that's a good framework to use for that. Because, yeah, there's, there's no point being passionate about. Blue pandas. I don't know. <laughs> and like, you can't monetize it. So yeah. you work in KFC and hate life. Yeah. That's why we were very much money focused to begin with. Yeah. And and I, feel like the way to, I feel like it's the better way to be. Like, make, mm. make the money, then find your passion. I don't feel like there's any shame in yeah. that either. Because I'd rather make my money for myself than go and work for someone else and not enjoy it and not be able to put the time into yourself and develop something that's yours. Yeah. Once you, you don't need to make that much money to be yeah. self-sustaining like people think it's like some ridiculous number there's it's just like living costs isn't it? there's loads of ways yeah you should reduce your living costs if you need to yeah. and then make enough money to cover that people like to have super high living costs for superficial reasons mm, very and then true. feel like they need to make that up with their side projects whereas if they just like did the other did the other way around and then went on to pursue the passion then they'd be they'd find it easy to 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 like sustain themselves and then move on to that passion pursuit, pursuit. that's why I got into dropshipping because yeah. when we sacked off the business I was like well I ain't got enough money to build the next brand really like because I wanted to go full into like not dropshipping it so I was like fuck it I'll go dropshipping started travelling etc 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 and then you know very intentional which is like fuck I need some more money need to meet more people did both of those yeah. things and then it leads to a bunch of other things like network experience learning ups and downs financially like any business <laughs> yeah do you reckon travelling had a big impact on entrepreneurial life for you yeah honestly like you've both travelled actually I've never travelled yeah I did like two and a half years like full time travelling and in summary for anyone that asked me this because so many people do ask me this on like DMs like younger guys particularly like my advice for any entrepreneur wannabe entrepreneur (laughs) (laughs) glug in the mic yeah, sorry. And I say this to anyone because it's what I did. I think, like, fucking. And by the way, money's not an excuse because anyone can get 500 quid together for a fucking flight to Asia. He lived off toast. You just can. You just can. If you can't. 7 Eleven toast. If you can't, you just, you're just not. Yeah. You don't want it enough. Go and get a fucking. I worked in Waitrose and got and a burger bar and I'd like fucking two grand to my name. 
and then literally went to some event in Singapore in 20 September 2017 I think it was it fucking flew to Singapore by myself from a Facebook group didn't know anyone that must have been in a life I swear event. to god that was like the butterfly effect I met people there yeah. I'm still like really good mates with now but it had a knock on effect and then I went travelling in Australia and if Look at my old YouTube channel, by the way, which is also linked in this. I used to vlog a lot of this shit. I've watched shit. them all. I've watched them all. Good <laughs> shit. It's fucking like <laughs> And then I went, yeah, whatever. I, I got went to Bali, and that was like life changing because if you if you're, you want to get into ecom agency, go to fucking Bali. If you're like you don't know people, yeah, go to Bali. It's, it's got more expensive. It's quite cheap to live in. Everyone there is an entrepreneur of some kind, a nomad, or everyone call it. They're, they're just not yeah. civilians. Do you want to escape the yeah, X Y Z nine to five? Go there. I've seen that so much, like move abroad. That's where I went. Completely replace your network and deal. Change and it, you have to feel nervous. If you don't feel fucking nervous in your early 20s, in my opinion, you're doing something wrong. Well, yeah, you've got nothing to lose. So, I feel like take your risks. Yeah, I feel like we're always in, instilled from parents probably that you should be risk averse yeah. in your 20s, but your 20s are when you should take I think ignore your parents risk. is massive another massive risk. bit of advice yeah. in most Cases. Once you get to 30, you have responsibilities. You have like a, a family, for example. Obviously, you need to be risk averse. But like, yeah. if you're 20 to 27, 8, 9, even 30, like depending on your situation, like yeah. take huge risk. Like what's the biggest downside? The biggest risk is taking none. Yeah. Again, it's never cliche, Most but it's true. 20-year-olds have less than like, what, 10, 20 grand to their name. Yeah. Like if you, I didn't have 10 grand a day. Yeah, I didn't. I had, I had, zero, I had neg- negative money. Listen, we, we if you lose chat. all that, what, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you just... I, get it again in a few months I think I remember having this chat with you it was like we, we kind of rationalised it and it's like what actually happens if we don't make this agency work in a mm. year like we've got to start work a year later than everybody else it's like does that and you've really learned a shitload and we've learned, yeah learned loads of skills yeah. like sales calling people more confidence like soft skills like that which mm. a lot of people don't have um, yeah was that Singapore I feel like that Singapore event was probably one of the transformational event time fucking hell I've actually yeah. I look do you ever just lie in bed at night and think like, <laughs> I'll do this and like just fucking like flash back the past few years of your life and like get all deep sometimes if you do it with like Drake playing it's all over I'll start missing girls that I've never met <laughs> like, it's a problem airport, like airport I think nostalgia <laughs> is actually like one of the most beautiful feelings yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a it's a beautiful sadness. It's a good marketing effect it. as well. It a is. lot of things market off nostalgia. Loads of companies market off nostalgia. Yeah. Psychology. So it's what I think it's one of the most powerful things is nostalgia. So How do you define nostalgia? I define it as a beautiful sadness of time gone by. Quotation. Pretty mark. solid that. <laughs> I just feels right. Because <laughs> like, I was in this fucking restaurant the other night, last night with Tyler and Fred, and some kid was playing guitar like some busker in the, in the place started playing like Oasis mm. and, and I felt like nostalgic for a time I didn't even live in <laughs> I was like fucking yeah. hell powerful I, I have just ha- happy memories to simplify it yeah. yeah bring it back to the agency then before we get too deep because we're only like halfway through so <laughs> summarise up to the end of 2019 then so you so you started so, in summer 19 bring me forward six months to the end of 2019 which is near about <laughs> where we got in touch again what does what do the numbers look like? So what's the business look like? Up to end of twenty nineteen. So start twenty twenty. We got to six months in. We had three. End of twenty nineteen, we were doing about we, we had about six clients. We were probably doing about ten k a month. We're doing like six, six, six k. I can never remember. It's so long ago. Or maybe a bit less because when we had that coaching with. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I forget that. Yeah, and that was in February yeah. of twenty twenty. 
We're about, about five, four, five k a month. Yeah, end of four, 20, five, six k a month. End of Jan. End of Jan. Twenty twenty. Because it's service based, it's just you two at this yeah, point. It's just it? us two. So it's all profit. profit. Yeah. So, so you, you're making as much as you would in a grad job at this point. Yeah. yeah. Split between from two. from nothing, three four months of hustle for nothing, and then three months later earning more than I was earning in my my, my place yeah. here. It was nuts. Yeah. And then nuts. we went from there. From there, it was pretty like rapid growth. Mm. in 2020 we, we we like hit it pretty hard we went from because covid hit and like there's no doubt covid had a massive positive impact on our oh, business oh fuck yeah it had a massive positive impact on, on everything yeah. in ecom april everything. january third march april may time was like bigger than black friday for a lot of brands yeah, in the first popped. lockdown yeah i remember april april to july 2020 yeah. were the best months of my ecom when career. we were running midnight we were we were cleaning some serious profit yeah <laughs> we like a million a month profit. combined like yeah the two brands more than a million a month for like we were, five yeah. months so we scaled pretty hard then we were get, doing like 50 i don't really mind sharing numbers if you don't i don't really don't think it really matters we were doing like 50 60k a month pretty consistently mid 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 2020 2020 i think yeah, yeah. yeah mid 20, so you 20, went 20. from 6 grand a month to 60 grand a month in, in like five in months five months yeah when we started coaching people i remember that was like april we were doing about 20k a month then from there we went from we had by, sh- by yeah. like end of summer we were doing like 50 60k a month yeah because you came on to manage both my brands in I think it was April 2020. Yeah, mm. we had some big, we had just some we big like, numbers. I was like, oh fuck, you're not a civilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, so you were our and that was the perfect time oh, yeah. as well because yeah, midnight was getting like a four x row ass. Yeah, like some num- especially profitable. on jewelry, that was absolutely outrageous. Yeah, because yeah. the margins so big, and that's when neon just started to properly fucking take off, like pre problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you were our biggest client by yeah, a, yeah. a mile. Other than one of the, we were like, yeah, we need another neon. Yeah. This is nuts. Like. Yeah, some fat shit. In hindsight, I should have given you more advice on the whole, on the whole <laughs> sale of the business, but I didn't feel qualified at that point. We still felt if like you came, if you came along now, then I'd be more like involved. But at that point, like yeah, we we're just getting stuck into more of like we knew Facebook ads, but we've we now we now try and be like outsource CMOs. So we try to give advice on everything, not just one thing. Like we'll yeah. guide on creative email all the ads like we'll try and be very much that's how we try and train all our staff as well like mm. someone who can make a decision for the whole business not just facebook uh, but at that point we were very very one one channel orientated yeah um so through that time it was just me and joe at the, about the about september october we brought on um wait it was just you and joe it was, it was in just summer 2020 no we had matt who used to work for you yeah who's our yeah, cmo yeah, yeah, yeah. now um there's two of us for about 10 months yeah. and we brought Matt on as a contractor yeah but he, you got to 60 round a month just two of you no not 60 probably about 30 yeah probably about 30 still fucking fat it was good it was good it was yeah. just long days I was I doing was shifting, shifting 12-13 hours a day it was pretty heavy <laughs> but it was good yeah it was heavy yeah then we brought Matt on as a contractor who obviously did a lot of influencer stuff for you mm. who knows his he, he's run a couple of drop shipping stores knows his stuff yeah um, just like he's our CMO now incredibly switched on bloke like massive shout so, out to Matt yeah. yeah so good at what he does couldn't be as big as we are now without him definitely not hmm. um, we brought him on but he's asking for a fucking raise eh yeah. <laughs> we're um, giving him a good raise <laughs> uh, we ran through till 
we ran with just him as a contractor because he was working at an investment bank um, and he didn't want to. We offered him a job. We offered him as a job. Yes, yeah, I remember that because he quit working for me because he sold his soul to like, what was it, PWC or some bollocks. You left, it was pretty nice. You left one of the big four. I don't mind us saying this, just I don't think. The elusive big four. Yeah, you left a. They take the souls of many a graduate. It was a decent salary. He left a decent salary to come and work with two random fucking yeah. blokes. That's what I like to see. It was, it yeah, was he didn't want to work with pretty mad. Mm. He said no the first time and then he went and didn't enjoy it so he came and worked for us after. I think it's like four weeks after he started his job. He yeah. was like, I want to come. Same cycle. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's killing it. Uh, so we went with just him until January of 2021 at yeah. which point we hired another one of our mates. <laughs> Wait, so it was just three of you until just January? Three, until January Our first in-house hire, which had his 12-month anniversary about three days ago. Yeah, yeah so just to keep up schedule, so you get to the end of 2020, yep. what sort of numbers are you doing and how many clients you got? End of 2020. 60k-ish. We were stuck. 50, 60k-ish. We were, we, were, we, were un- yeah, we were under like 60k for a while. It was a bit, a bit of a struggle 60, for a bit. Yeah. Um, and there was just two of you. Just, and, there was two of us at a contract. Yeah. Two each client would bring on would be like a thousand, two thousand a month max at that point. So didn't have many whales. Exactly. Like, so it took, it took a while to, yeah. to keep leveling up. In height, yeah. Like, it's, so, well, yeah. We had we had fifty, sixty k. There was two contractors and us two. I was managing loads of ad accounts. Like thirty or something. So all right, just no, not that many. So to. <laughs> simplify well, things then. So twenty five. End of twenty twenty. So you're doing quality sixty k a month. There's three people in the business. Mm. What does a day look like split between you? Are you literally fucking outreaching 12 hours a day on calls? You're doing, running ads. Doing ads accounts at that he point. was doing some ads. Some so he knows ads. Like he knows how to. I feel like if you to, to be better at sales, you need to know ads. Like yeah, I spent the first the 12 months doing, yeah. doing ads as well as sales. Um, he was still doing some sales at that point. It was very undefined, very mm. all over the place. He we mm. were then slowly starting to transition into like right, you do ads, ads, you sales. Um, but yeah I mean typical day would be pretty like to the wire it'd be like yeah. we need to do this like, and you just finished uni then yeah I finished uni in June 2020 uh, mm-hmm. put that piece of paper on the shelf yeah right, file that away it's dusty now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked it up I got yeah. I should go a bit deep on the, on the podcast I got like pretty I got like quite bad anxiety when I was at uni like pretty yeah. bad in, in like my January exams because I was there's so much going on, trying mm. to start juggle uni and, and business, and then decided to park uni because it was too much stress that I didn't need. I'd literally be like stressing that I didn't do anything for the exam, and then be like, "But I don't even care about this exam. Why am I stressing?" So you didn't finish it, or you just didn't? No, I did. I finished. Got two two. I was meant to get a first. Yeah. I went from a first to two two in the space of like ah, well, a month, uh, in about twelve degree. months, six months, or whatever. Just because the agency like, was way more. Just to jump in there, but that's important. like. That's probably if you if you ever, if anyone finds themselves in that situation, it's probably a sh- it's probably a sign that you should drop out. Mm. Yeah, like if you were to reflect, like you you didn't do it for reasons, and like it's hindsight, it's a learning. Like you can't go back, and you you don't regret it. But like mm. that's probably an example of why if you if you could go back into those shoes without with what you know now, you'd probably hundred percent drop out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had like an anxiety attack in my exam. Yeah, exactly. It was horrible. It's like if you've got something that's if I was got, dying. Yeah, mad. It was not good. Yeah. Um, so then I switched focus, but yeah, full time as of like June 2020, me and him, and that's when it was. We were about we were stuck about 20k until that point, and then it was like, boom! Like yeah. we scaled Smash every month. Growth. 
consistently. We have done ever since, really. What was the, what was the difference? That he, more time. He yeah. could put more, more focus in, and I could focus on more like because because beyond a certain point, like you have to start bringing people into the business, and then the only thing that matters then is like putting the right people in the right seats with the right systems and processes. Mm. If you've got the right processes and systems, training and operations and you put the right people into those, you'll get the good outcomes. And that's yeah. everything. But I did, uh, until then I did, I could only, we didn't have enough time or I didn't have enough time to build those out. Yeah. Um, as soon as Joe came full time, like, I could spend time like working on communication systems, onboarding systems, like, everything from front to back, um, training processes, like, yeah, everything. Um, it just changed the game. And from there we were like, we've been on, I'd say since then we've been on pretty like, ridiculous growth path um, we did uh, since 280% year on year growth from 20 from our first second year yeah which is pretty yeah, nice in, in, in sales we didn't hire our first person until the start of 2021 uh, who was actually a mate of ours who worked at another agency mm. and then we've just hired our 20th person uh, we've got a well, twenty first. Yeah, so twenty twenty one was when hires went fucking kicked Within off. a year, it went from one employee to twenty one like, now. Twenty, yeah, twenty one. Um, well, twenty two when with the person who I've lined up next. Yeah, and we went from like one service to now having multiple services, different departments, heads of departments. Yeah, I think yeah, it's been doing, wild. Yeah, we did about 35 k at the start of twenty twenty one. We did one hundred ninety eight k at the end of twenty twenty one. In December, yeah, yeah. fat. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone's that transparent, but I don't really care. I think it's good, like it's good, good to give people's margins. like numbers and I'm not a transparency. Man. Like everybody can eat. There's plenty of business out there yeah, in the yeah. e-com space, especially. Like, I've got that saying off a guy called Nick Shackelford. Like he hammers that everyone can eat, and like that is so true about agency and e-com. There's so much. It's so early. It feels late, but it's so early. Yeah, yeah. So. Agency versus e-commerce. I feel like that, that's an interesting, well, yeah. not debate. It's an interesting conversation. Do you have you ever thought, having now obviously worked with a fuckload of e-com brands? Yeah. Have you ever thought the grass is greener on the brand side? We've had a lot of thoughts because I've often thought that about the agency side. I think I said it before. I don't think the grass is greener on either side. I think it's dependent on so many factors. There's a lot of very bad e-com brands. Yeah. There's a lot of brands that have terrible profit margin, terrible mm. operations, terrible customer experience. Nail beach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of them. <laughs> unintentional. Unintentional. No, but there's also a lot of agencies who can't scale because they're, they're, missing, they're missing certain pieces mm. or they're not very profitable um, or they're churning too many clients. I think the, the same can be applied to agencies. Like, um, I mean, a like, lot of agencies have done... Have failed. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of agencies who have terrible products and not prioritizing client experience, terrible customer service because they're not prioritizing the right things and they can't sell. So they've got like, I feel like yeah, keep speaking. I'm topping it. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like um, it, 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 I honestly see it's fifty fifty. Like, I, I would love to. I want to do an econ brand from a passion perspective. I want to find something I really enjoy and want to do it. Which is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're Obviously, back, yeah. Cheers. Um, it, it, yeah, it's difficult. I've seen that a few times. I think both have pros, both have cons. Um, but if you do an e-com business right, it's obviously, a, I feel like it, right now it's a gold rush. Like it's, there's so much venture capital flowing around in it. There's so much 
scale, there's so much opportunity. TikTok's just a, another thing that's just a bit of a gold mine right now. Yeah. There's a lot of, but at the same time, like the agency space is never going to change. Like there's always going to be skill gaps between companies and mm. agencies. There's always going to be opportunity there. There's plenty of agencies that have sold for the same amount of eco as e-com companies. You just don't hear about it as much. Yeah. It's not as sexy. Yeah, as a business. that's true. I feel like, I don't know, the thing I like about the agency space is it's like high ticket e-com. It's like a high ticket subscription e-com business. Yeah. Because we get people that agree to pay like, you know, five figure fees for 12 months and they're like contractually obliged mm. to that. Like if you imagine you had a product on e-com business like that. That's, that's a yeah, dream. it's very different, isn't it? Like, Ecom's just more sexy, 100%. You know the reason that I've never done an agency, even though, like, fucking, I think it's way more cash flow. Like, as a gen, if you compare average to average, I'd say agency yeah. is more profitable. Yeah. That's just a yeah, fact. We have yeah, no yeah. costs. If you compare so the average agency to the average ecom brand. Because, yeah. Yeah. like, people well, seem to fucking forget. Running an ecom brand, I actually had a call with some guy. It's hard that messaged me on DM. I just got on a fucking call with him because he DM me loads of times and he was he was doing sick numbers dropshipping and he was talking about these massive margins he's doing. Anyway, we got into like, and I just said, mate, like brands make 10% net profit. That, that's it. Like tops. You'd be, that, that's the benchmark. If yeah. Like scale, even in terms of like, massive scale, yeah. a business like Gymshark, which everyone fucking yeah. creams over. If you go on their company's house, you fucking see their margins. It's like 8%. But they make 8%. Which by the way is mad on 500 mil. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whereas agencies, what, 50, 60% net profit? 40, 50, yeah. Yeah, so thereabouts. You um, could get it to 60. You, could, you probably could get it bigger. It's, it's where we prioritise a lot about like team experience. Like We, run, we try and prioritise yeah. like our employees' happiness is, the, is a big thing. So we, um, yeah, there's pro, like, e-com is more sexy as a business. Like it it's, is, do you know what it is, it is for me? And like, yeah, I, I just feel like I couldn't run, oh, it's me personally, not everyone, I couldn't run an agency because I'd be so annoyed that it's not my brand. Yeah. Even because I've always been like in my head a brand guy, even which is probably why I've fucking had so many brands but never stuck with one. Hmm. I'm sticking with this one, by the way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you could, do you not think you could run a branding agency? I think you could yeah, run a probably, agency, but hundred percent. Like if you had people I, who I came think and I'm fucking good you. at branding. Like yeah, that's I think where I get excited by. It's, I've always been a front end person like yeah. I, I started designing logos that's yeah. how it fucking started any of this shit then I was like oh how do I make, make money sell t-shirts and put a logo on them yeah. and then you gradually figure it out but yeah I don't know maybe like, could you do you not could you not envision yourself charging 5k to nah. some random company to brand them nah I, I don't know what it is I, I just have this vision that I'm gonna build this disgraceful brand which yeah, is this one yeah, it's gonna be. That's it has to be, be this one. Um, so many fucking yeah, things be. point to this next one being like the one. Yeah, I actually feel that. I do as well. I think it's. A, I think you've got. Like, a it's very, been a long uh, fucking a journey, by the way. You've got a. You've got the perfect intersection of knowledge, uh, timing in terms of the market. You're, you're probably early, and also pain from everything going so wrong before. Yeah, yeah. Which, like so much experience. I think I tweeted the other day. Fucking had a glass of wine now, so we're starting to get a bit gas. <laughs> but I honestly feel this like, what, what, what did I say? I said something along the lines of like, when you make a load of money and then lose a load of money, and you're that's still as passionate about it as you were before, that's pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah, like the hard honestly, work that I, that you've you found and you've got the goal. Yeah, <laughs> no, like I feel passionate about that though, because it's like I would I would genuinely I say this, and I mean it. 
and you'll probably say the same thing about the stuff you do like I would rather die than live a life not pursuing my potential and the, the oh, shit I'm passionate about I actually mean that from the sure. core of my being and a lot of people will say that's fucking like cringe bullshit whatever I think most people watching probably can probably relate to that and I think if you don't feel that way you should probably shouldn't something. pursue something you should mm. pursue something else yeah 100% man I, th- I, I think I was like secretly depressed at my job and my placement I just didn't know yeah. I, I was sleeping like four hours a night just because I remember reading up on it it was like why I just like wouldn't want to go to sleep because I didn't want to wake up to go to work mm. and I remember reading about it. it was called like something procrastination where and I was operating on like four hours sleep for like six months which is obviously so bad for you and it was literally because I didn't want to work and, and like imagine how many millions of people operate like that yeah it's deep but like yeah I feel the same like I, I look at people now I think oh imagine if I was doing that now for like another three years since I left at least you would rather be dead than doing yeah. what I was doing now than doing what I was doing then sorry it come, I think it comes down to people not having not having that experience breeds confidence thing like, or a reference mm. point because like, even though I fucked the last business it's confidence. so much confidence because so everyone yeah. I know mm-hmm. is crushing it in their own thing and I've done it before twice so it's like of course I'll do it again it's not so I never even a shred of doubt proof of concept as well I think it just takes time it. to physically do it yeah I think not having a reference point I also think like not enough people like people think they need to be an, they're going to be an expert in something in a very short time period whereas mm. I feel like you need to put a lot of time like I don't think I'm even mildly an expert in agency yeah. e-com like, I, we've worked with probably 250 e-com businesses at this point I still don't think I'm an expert in anything to do with e-com growth uh, or, yeah yeah like experience breeds confidence you are but you know, I don't think I am but I, yeah I am to a point are, but I feel like compared to the normal person yeah compared to most people probably um, but you, I think you need to do you've been brand building e-com for five years like five five years is a good event horizon for like expertise in something in my opinion More? like think five, about yeah, how long about think about years, if you yeah. refer to a doctor a doctor's a good extra like to a like pull it back to someone who's more a bit more traditional, but they have to train for like what five six years before they become an expert, and yeah. they're even like, and even then they don't get to be like fully qualified. They have to go through another process of shadowing and stuff. Yeah, and it's like, why do you think? I feel like if people tr- treated like online entrepreneurship as that kind of event horizon, like focus on making some cash so they can be self-sustaining, mm. which isn't that hard. But then if you were seeking like real, like long-term output in terms of like big exits um it's like five-year event horizon yeah minimum, minimum. I, I still feel like i don't have reference points your reference point always shifts as well like i listen to some podcasts and there's some SaaS founders getting like fucking 10x multiples on a 10 mil business like this the SaaS game if, if you're in the e-com episode 22 i honestly think if you're in the e-com space like a like if you're in the e-com space you should listen to more things from the tech space because the tech space, mm. we, we do we work with a couple of crypto companies who are doing like, have done Series A. They've got like funding to like fifty million, fifty million funding. Yeah. And like whenever I work with them, it's like they're operating at such a higher level than ecom, even ecom. Like they're everything about them is like hyper optimized. Like they're so much more advanced, and that's why that's where I take a lot of inspiration for the money's nuts in it. Though. Yeah, like there's so much money in tech, t- tech and SaaS. Went from a five k per month I'd spend to a million a month I'd spend in a month. <laughs> You're running that now. Yeah. About to, yeah. 
when it for one one <laughs> crypto, I hope their card didn't decline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our problem Went is finding money, finding places to spend that money for crypto right now is a nightmare because everything's regulated. So so, so yeah, tough. Interesting. But, yeah, the the venture capitalist money that's flowing in crypto and SaaS is is just next level compared to compared to ecom. It's it's a level above. Um, so it's a good reference point of like, all right, so you've got you've got some success in this space. Now there's 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 levels to everything. And they're at the next level up. It's nuts. So we're discussing VC. So I, I, I wanted to flip the script on this, on this podcast, and ask you a bit, of a, a bit of a question about like why you went down the funding route with space to start with, and then that could segue us nicely into that <laughs> yeah. new little venture. Yeah. Um, I thought... So yeah, what what led you to that? I guess you've obviously been a solo entrepreneur since like. 2019 yeah like where, where did that what, what pushed yeah, you so that, that was actually more strategic and intentional than maybe people assumed i guess it was fundamentally for two reasons firstly i mean i, I could have funded it myself i wouldn't have put probably as much money into it yeah but I, th- I think the main reason i wanted to do that was because i think by the time well by the time we're, we're recording this I'll, well by the time this comes out episode 22 which is very relevant to this would have come out which is with Alex from Content Cal who's now an investor in Space Goods yeah, after that fucking session in, on the he, pod he's one of those next level SaaS guys as well yeah exactly like, so who's go watch that episode if you've not watched it but um, how would I describe it yeah I mean I've done a bunch of things I've done a load of brands over the past few years like nearly seven years you include like the first ever shit and that's just I guess that's been I feel like that's the end of my fucking very good in-depth like Research better than any phase. fucking MBA <laughs> like in in e-com and brand building yeah. but then I was like well I guess I'll go back to like the thinking with it I knew I was moving leaving the other businesses sold my shares in those had had the option to go work with with the guys that bought those brands after everything went wrong and whatever have a big fat salary and a bit of equity in a big group I never wanted to do that because I wanted to be the founder yeah. and do something more creative and then I guess I'm giving the full fucking story now but I'd always thought about the next business because the second Neon started going wrong you know, I started to think well there'd be something next and then I was like well it, it kind of come back to that Ica guy it has to be something that I'm interested in something that potentially could be a billion pound brand like genuinely yeah. and something that there is a growing market for and then I was like well fuck I mean I've kind of touched on this briefly but then I was interested in psychedelics, dabbled in them, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And then I was like, well, okay, psychedelics are illegal, I think but I don't think they will be forever. A bit like CBD and cannabis has kind of been more commercialized. I think, I think you've always been into that mental well-being space as well. Yeah, like, then from, like, you've always been one of those people who's always... Yeah, has been fucked. <laughs> you've always been very transparent about it though. Like you're not someone who would bottle it up. Like even knowing you at uni, you'd be very like... You'd always like if you were to to be in a Europe's place, most tran- transparent man. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah, even like you're obviously transparent in this podcast, but it comes through even in your private life. You'd message me or someone else about like how you were finding it rough in a flat on your own. Like, yeah, fuck you've been that. very transparent about your mental health. So, like, I feel like you're a, you're very like in tune with your own emotions. Oh, definitely. 100%. Yeah. So, I, I guess t- to not ramble on like the actual product and niche itself fucking dogs drinking is yeah I feel like it's in summary it's the perfect combination of market founder like creative element etc etc at the right time but to come back to the the funding logic is I've always been fascinated I've mentioned it before like the difference between bedroom brands you know brands that 
whatever, do a few million in revenue, which there are lots of. Yeah. And I've built two of them in the past. And all my mates have built big ones, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these brands sell for, generally speaking, a multiple of EBITDA, maybe a 3X multiple, maybe a 5X multiple. And and then you get these brands and stuff, not not just brands, like fucking tech companies. Like the, you know, the IPO at, a 50x revenue valuation blah 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 and I always just thought like that shit is badass sent you on recently um, f- wear figs if you ever want to check one figs, out yeah, figs yeah I mean I feel like that will probably pop but wants to check it no it won't it won't if wear figs hospital gowns hospital, yeah, yeah. hospital uniforms Nets. selling it to the American market 100 million revenue sold for 2 billion like that's an example of like a, a perfectly executed brand, like low skews, yeah. high profit margin, lean e-com brands. Tw- well, twenty X. The reason they're so, I, I, yeah. So, so why am I going on the fundraising route? It's because the strategic narrative, yeah. which is a term of Alex actually mentioned in episode twenty-two, and it's so fucking true. And it's a, I guess it's a more mature way of looking at a business because like firstly I genuinely see this business as something I could work on for 10 plus years and yeah. I didn't didn't ever think that before you know if someone wants to buy it for a billion quid in four years I'll spend six years working on a yacht in, in yeah, yeah. somewhere else but so that I could see that so that's the first thing so like it was the market that like made sense and feels like oh fuck everything I've done before leads up to this yeah but then beyond that, yeah, the, the funding is like, I'm trying to position it. It's like, yeah, I, I listened to a podcast, I think it was My First Million, and like, it's kind of an obvious concept, but like, start at the fucking end. And I was like, It's a good you know, podcast. Yeah. Really good podcast. How can this, like, legitimately, not just saying it on a fucking podcast, because everyone says it when they've had a fucking pint, like, how can this be a hundred million pound brand value wise in three to five years? Okay, well, for that, it's going to have to be bought for a multiple of revenue. So it's going to have to be one of these brands that's seen as the next big thing rather than just a bedroom brand. It's going to be bought by a big fuck-off private equity fund. <laughs> Sorry, I just or someone like P&G or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Like the Hook Group maybe would buy it. Yeah, Someone like that who sees it as a, a threat not to buy because it's ultimately what I believe is to be the biggest the biggest innovation in consumer supplements ultimately like psychedelics which is starting with non-psychedelic products by the way which I'll get on to and yeah so then I thought well if you want to position it as like a tech company basically then it needs to probably raise money and and also raising money means it it brings in fucking smart people because you're an investor Fred's an investor from Sanucci Adam's an investor by the way and I'm very transparent about this I think they mind me saying Jack, who's the founder of Wayflower, which is now a fucking unicorn company, yeah. absolutely biggest, mental, biggest, is the, la- is, is the, the largest investor. And I, I, again, I don't think you mind me saying that. Well, he let me put him in the pitch deck. So, And then Alex, who came on last week, is also an investor. So particularly from those guys, from an experience, experience standpoint, add massively to that. Like even in just the past week, I've spoken to Alex a lot and like, I think just jumping in there, like it's what we said earlier. Like you have to find business partners who compliment you, and that's what you're doing. You're seeking out yeah, people. Yeah, so with it's high kind of a win-win for me. I, I have yeah. more equity. They give me money. They pay me to they're do high, They're all high-level operators. <laughs> oh, yeah, isn't it? Like, it's a win-win. They're all high-level operators yeah. that are going to add. They're all. They're all within the same space, but they all have unique perspectives. Yeah, they all, exactly. They've all tried tactics. They've all failed with tactics. 
that the failure is more important than what's worked for them. Like it's like if you took an idea to that board of people and was like, I'm yeah. going to try this. At least one of them, if it ha if it didn't work for them, would be like, don't do that because it's a waste of money. Yeah. So you've got like this guiding light of like five to six people who can part their expertise yeah. on you, and but, it saves you making expensive. But mistakes. also now it's, I mean. Firstly, like side note, I wouldn't have been able to raise any money for a pre-revenue business at a pretty fucking hefty valuation like I did if I didn't have the credibility and track, track record, record yeah. which is a, cause a lot of people say, well, oh fuck, I'm going to go and do that. You can't do that if you're 18, you know, like you've, business. You've, you've raised it off track record, nothing else. To yeah, not exactly, exactly. Like, you, no, have, like, you don't have a business. That's like, it. You, you, not nothing to do with you. No, that's like, you don't have a business right now, so you've raised it off branding. That is how fundraising works. And this is what Alex said as well in episode 22, it's brain, Brain, the heart and the brain of the business. So the heart yeah. is the founder, which investors, including you, buy into because yeah. you believe in the 100%. fucking cunt that's believing the thing. But, but then obviously brain is like, is there actually a market there? And yeah. I believe massively there is. Yeah. And do 100%. the financials add up over time, which will be yet to be seen, but I'm sure they will. And yeah, so getting those guys on board was also because I knew what, what I'm not good at, which is I'm, I'm not particularly well that well organized I, i'm all i've always been a front end guy like that's been my what i enjoy most and what i think i'm probably like very very good at really, now yeah you are really good at branding really good at branding uh you're not so, great at hiring delegation no i'm that's fucking shit at that. <laughs> shit but that's, at that. but that's a, that, but a strength is identifying your weaknesses is a strength like i like getting highly caffeinated Put in a high, highly rainbow nested, which I will get onto. Sounds I like getting good. highly stimulated with illegal substances. Put in very, very fucking loud music. I've got to the point where my, my AirPods aren't loud enough unless I break them with a fucking external software, which makes them louder. Not I put that on to the point where my, my ears have problems, probably. And I like staring at a fucking screen between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m., like my six hour deep work block, and getting like passionately involved in building the vision of this fucker. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm best at. Like, you put me, in a, put me in a fucking prison cell with a laptop and I'll come up with a brand concept. Yeah, I've always it. been good at that. And I've got better at it and more logical at it. And, and I genuinely believe space space goods. The final, the final product. Like, fuck me, like if this don't work, then I'm giving up, mate. Like <laughs> it's just everything. It will. In, everything it will from my work. experience culminates with this brand. So go and fucking put your email in that website. Yeah, sap it in. But, um, and then, yeah, so that was kind of the reason with the fundraising. And also, like, just all, like, the final point is like, I wanted to just get other people involved because it's more fucking fun. And also, I guess on top of that, I think there's a bit, there's a good sense of pressure when you take money off people. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, like, ultimately, I want to deliver. Like, obviously, I want to fucking deliver because I own I think the vast majority of the business. But, like, it's good. It's I don't know. It's almost. Yeah, like... I think touching on what you when said other people there. are involved it's like it's almost like when you have a personal trainer which I never had by the way but people say they have a personal trainer you go to the gym you're, you're not going to miss a session yeah you feel you feel obliged to go yeah, like you have to make it happen to make because it you've, you've said all this shit yeah. imagine the podcast with all of us on that'd be good yeah, yeah. <laughs> a round table on, on space I think um, so that yeah, was the logic mean, there really it was basically stemmed from not wanting to do it alone again because fucking up at scale, I, I do think like neon alone is is terrible. I think that's what we found with like building a team. Like I do, I honestly do think like people, 
a lot of people want to do things on their own, but people like working with other people who you actually like and who are very passionate and who are, are yeah. really like really fucking good at the job, like enjoy mm. what they do, add loads of value to the people they work with. Like it's like quite a nice thing. Like life is very lonely if you do it all on your own. Like I feel like if you have a good team behind you, like I really enjoy working with it. Like our team is sick. Like our business is nothing without our team because we sell people. Yeah, I'm stuff. fucking envious of that to be honest. Yeah. Like, that, that's what I mean. Like, it's like lots of people want to build flat, this. Mate. Like lo- lots of people. Again, it comes back to what you want to optimize around. But like mm. a lot of people want to build this agency where it's like, oh, it's just me and a load of contractors. But do you have any yeah. emotional attachment to them? Like we very much. One of our personal one of our business values is like personal happiness. Like we only want people to work for us yeah. if they're enjoying it. And I feel like if you have people who are working for you, who enjoy what they're doing, they ultimately perform at a higher level because they want to be there. And that makes it very easy to manage those people. Yeah. And like a, the agency, agency life is inherently a, a, a person led business because you're selling yeah, people's skills to other people. But like, can't hide behind a website like no, a brand. Like you can't. You're like a lot of brands will have a really nice website and a shite product experience. Yeah. But like we can't do that. We have to have a nice website, a nice front end, and then a really good experience. And like oh, we're not going to get it right every time. We're not going to get it right every time because there's many factors that dictate success for an e-com brand. Mm. But like our team is everything. Like we have to have, and we do have a high, highly skilled team of people that we love working with, and we we put like so much money into training them because my in my opinion our competitive advantage is not retaining clients it's retaining team members especially yeah. in like the marketing space is getting more and more competitive very so like finding people who are good at marketing for econ businesses is hard really hard so like building your business around retaining staff that you've put loads of time into is a massive competitive advantage i think the best example was over black friday i was in busy busy in the econ space <coughs> When I had the client, uh, when I had the uh, employee sort of catch up with everyone, they all mentioned, oh, you know, been a lot of work, you know, a lot of demands from clients and stuff, but everyone was more than happy to do overtime. Yeah. We never had anybody like leaving because it was five o'clock or saying, I've worked an extra two hours, like, you know, where's my extra pay? People are so bought into the vision and so bought into what we do because we try and really focus on employee happiness, they're like, they're like diehard fans of, of the company and people will, they'll, they'll go like the extra mile to make, to make things work. And we don't yeah. have to ask them. We don't I have see. to, we don't have to say like, oh, yeah. can somebody like do some overtime and it will pay you double if you work this weekend. Like people will just do it. I'll see a staff member lighting up my Slack messages at 9 PM. I'm just like, mm. I didn't ask for that, but it's just like, that's, that's the kind of company you want to build where everyone's How would you? curate that then because I'm shit fucking shit at hiring like so you, you uh, could probably help me going forward in house like, helps so I don't want yeah in house definitely helps I don't want to dominate just get that connection like meeting in person yeah. like in house really I helps. felt a bit disconnected from a lot of the staff because a mm. lot like 90% of the staff are fulfilment and I don't mm. have any touch point on that so I've I decided to set up meetings with everyone to just and the meeting is literally a chat you know it's asking like oh, what did you do this weekend what is this week you know what are your goals outside of business? It's mm. basically just trying to get, you know, friendly and, and getting sort of like mate status yeah. with your employees so within got, reason. But if people like you, they'll work for you. And how, how many of the team members are older than you? 
One. Yeah, one. <laughs> oh, because I was going to say. So I've well, got I've got quite a lot to say on the whole team management session because I, I used to get I, massive I do, imposter syndrome. Yeah, I do a hiring lot. Hiring anyone that was not massively younger than me. I do a yeah. lot more than Joe on the team management side. I think so. I don't want to dominate the conversation, but like I've, I've got like I feel like I've got right, more to do, reflect yeah, on. Yeah, you do. Um, so like managing a team starts with knowing what your culture is like if you don't know your culture how can you manage a team because you don't know what you're like optimizing around so we have four yeah. very clear culture pillars like when so what we on but we have a very structured like onboarding process we know exactly what we want from the people that we work with so even the interviews are guided by like right these are the kind of people you want to work with you can teach skills, but you yeah. can't teach mindset. Like we yeah, touched very on. true. We've so got like, we've, we've sat like people character. off interviews because they were like, yeah, they were too skilled, but they didn't match the culture. Yeah, we've had plenty mm. of people who are like, were a great media buyer, but they're not bought into what we want to do. Yeah, so it's like, and how do you define what you want to do and, so, and what a culture fit is? So we've got like four really distinct culture pillars, and we we I can I can explain them if that's worth it. Yeah. So we, we have four culture mm-hmm. pillars. One's extreme ownership, mm. which is Jocko Willing. Yeah. His no, book. Like so it's like the idea that every ultimately everything is your fault. Like it's not your responsibility to know everything, but it's your, like say, if you don't know something, it's your responsibility to find out the, to ask someone a question, to to ask for help. Yeah. Like it's all, to, everything boils down to being your fault. Yeah. To take it to the extreme. We're doing that in space, guys. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. go. Yeah. That, <laughs> I agree with that. Quality, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So regardless of who you're working with, everything has to be done to the highest standard. So if we work for you, if we work for another business, everything is done to the highest quality. Third is profit which sounds stupid, but in the D2C agency space, like it, you'd be surprised. Like we we hire a lot of people like out of uni, et cetera, but it's like, no matter how good a relationship you have with the business, ultimately they're only working with you to make money. So like you can have a great relationship. Yeah. But if you're not making profit <clears> for them, it doesn't matter. They're going to sack you off. They're going to yeah. go work with someone else. So we have to remind a lot of us, like a lot of the people who start working with us about the profit motive. Um, it's super important to do that. So, because sometimes it's hard, it's hard to get distracted by the client loves me, but actually the ads might not be working, and then they so, and then they go. It doesn't matter how much yeah, they like you, you if it's not working, it's not like working. You can go so for yeah. six months you have of to great guide results. with profitability. Yeah, you can go for six months of great results, then you go for two months of like downtime. Uh, like you, you have a couple of bad months for some sort of reason that's yeah. specific to a business or specific to a market. And because you're not making the money, it doesn't work anymore, so they leave. Um, Doesn't matter how much they like you. And then the final thing is personal happiness, which is 100% our guiding thing. Like, we only want people to work for us if if they want to work for us. And I think that's the core to every business. If you want success, you need people there who want to be there. Yeah. And if you get to a point, and we, we have like, 30, we do 30 day reviews every every single month with every single employee. And during those reviews, we have to feed, we give them feedback and then we also ask for feedback on us. Mm. Not enough companies ask for feedback up the chain. They don't ask like, what could we be doing better? What could, what do you not enjoy about working for us? What do you not enjoy about your job? We also do like anonymous employee reviews. So we do like a 14, no, 19 stage type form questionnaire that asks them about work-life balance that asks them, well, we're about to put this yeah. in place at the end of January, to be honest. Fully transparent. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not yet. a place yet. Um, end say, of January. What's 19, the again? <laughs> Nineteen step employee review. Like 
I honestly think if you can run a business around like culture internally, you get people who are more bought in and will be willing to go the extra mile. But you also, if you can document that a bit and you can market that, more people want to work for you as well because hmm. they see this. And what what the final thing I want to put in place is like a development scheme. So we want to pay, we want to give people like a three hundred pound a year budget. Yeah. To go and spend on things that work on themselves so maybe that's like golf lessons a bottle in a Mayfair club yeah, yeah. they've got to submit the receipt a third to us. of a bottle they've got to submit the receipt to us to, to get it but like maybe yeah. it's maybe it's golf lessons maybe mm. it's like a gym membership maybe it's like an educational course because if you're not yeah. developing your staff then your services for us mm. then our product isn't developing yeah so that it's like it's a bit like product innovation. Like for product innovation for us is staff development. Like yeah. you have to be putting money into the people who work for you. Very true. And a lot of people stand still <clears> on that. A lot of people are gonna, oh, we're gonna innovate, we're gonna give them more Facebook ad training, but that's not them as a person. That's not developing yeah. other skills, soft skills, hard skills, whether whatever that may be. We've got people that have got business ideas and stuff and, and like <clears throat> I'm having these like two weekly check ins with people and it's just been like really transparent and been like yeah, I literally asked one of them, like, do you see this as a stepping stone job? Because I knew he was a bit entrepreneurial. And he was like, yeah, in all honesty, you know, I want to be I want to be a business owner at some point. So is it, rather than just being like, oh, we don't encourage that, you know, we're not looking to hire people or we're, you know, you need to be focused on your role. We've said, you know, we'll support that. You know, if you need funding, if you need to spend time away from your role to develop your idea, you know, we can help support that. Mm. Like this guy's a fucking killer when it comes to ads and stuff so if we can make him happy and let's say that he's able to do what he really wants to do passionately out of, out of work whilst working for us like that's invaluable sometimes you can't find people like that so we we try and kind of sometimes take a step back from the work and just have a conversation about them you know like, what do you want to mm. do how can we tie that into your work life and i feel like people then get a lot more bought into the vision yeah, that's what you're trying to do with space. So get people bought into the vision. Mm. Like we're bought in. Everybody's invested yeah, must in, be bought man. in. It's the same with us, yeah. but on like a less less extreme level. Like just being bought into the mission, which is a lot of people don't do. They don't get people bought into the mission of the business. Yeah, very true. They get like you can't get people bought into a mission of a dropshipping store. It's very hard if you're selling phone yeah. cases. I think it's a good sign. It's like me and him could be ill for a week and it would still tick along, fucking very well yeah it would, it would work very well we could be off for a few weeks and it would still be going along very well yeah it's a nice it's a nice it's taken a while for us to get there but we built a solid team so that yeah fuck it would definitely not like very good at that shit like yeah, if, if, even the other year well, yeah, yeah. last year I guess it was more than a year ago you used to take the piss saying like you're fucking doing a million quid yeah. a month and you're, you're fucking posting on Instagram, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what are you doing yeah fuck yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's delegation that's class, delegation. I used to laugh about that and think like me and Fred hustling from that kitchen is probably more revenue per like square meter at, square meter <laughs> of body space than like any other business ever in history yeah, 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 it's, it's probably so doing much. like 40 million a year combined run rate at one point with two dons in a kitchen but it's, it's a nice kitchen though <laughs> it was a nice kitchen. Nice little view just over there. Yeah. Um, Christ. Space goods. Yeah. I. I, I was going to ask you another question. You should like, top up. Keep speaking. Yeah. I haven't got any. I haven't got any white wine left. I'll have a little bit. Of, I'll have a little Where's bit. Of red. Give us the whole bottle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a little bit of red though. 
Um, time flies, you're having fun. I was going to, yeah, give us a bit of that. Don't point at that angle. No, it's all over, babe. Um, Keep speaking. I was going to ask you, if you were like 18 right, right I need now. To wait till I'm on the mic so I can reply. Maybe, maybe even 16, Cheers. 16, 17, 18. I feel like a lot of your viewers will be 16, 17, 18, maybe a bit older. But like, if you were going to take any route into business, right? I think this is quite hard. From, my, from my perspective, you're older than him, actually. It's quite hard to reflect on because we've all got like contextual knowledge. But if you were going to take any route into business right now, any route into doing your something for yourself, I've got a good, I've got an answer to this, so I want to reflect on it. Never had this question. Gone. What what route would you what, take? What now in twenty twenty two? Yeah, if you were knowing go, one, if no, you knew, no, or knowing, one, knowing no. everything you know now, like I've got an answer, I'm sure Joe does. So I'll go around. What but starting like, from zero knowledge? So from, from zero knowledge, from from zero money and zero knowledge. What 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 route would you pursue? <laughs> like if you just stumbled into the on online entrepreneurial space, um, I don't know if if zero knowledge is a good thing. Like, well, I mean, oh, everyone starts there. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, hard what, to what answer with zero knowledge when you don't have zero knowledge. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like maybe, maybe with the knowledge you know now, where would you advise people to go? Because that may be more relevant. Maybe there's people watching who have like, they're in the space, but don't really know what, what angle to pursue. Because otherwise- so, well, I still feel like I know nothing, but- I, Yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel the same. Like we both feel the same. I would do three things because Three is a good number. I would firstly, odd. yeah, I would you're firstly, always been obsessed with odd yeah, things. Yeah, I would firstly, <laughs> for my own sake and potential future sake, document a huge the amount process. of what I'm doing. Even if that just means once a week you do a half an hour vlog to your camera, yeah. and you don't post it anywhere, or you post it to a private YouTube channel, or if you've got balls, you post it to a YouTube channel. You never meet anyone who says they wish they documented the process less. Yeah, exactly. So Ever. I would do that Ever. for a start, which mm. sounds silly because everyone takes the fucking piss, including my own parents. Stories, right? everything. I used to do vlogs and then I deleted a lot of them. I had a music channel on YouTube, which was kind of like the equivalent of. That was my equivalent at the time, a podcast. That was my content platform. And then I had a fucking vlog channel. <laughs> Which is still online, which you should go and watch. The 150 vlogs from me traveling like three years ago, which I link to in the bio of this. Let's link it. I've got a question on the back this. of that, actually. Wait, well, well, I don't know. It kind of segues. We'll go back. But like, do come, you back think, well, yeah, come back to it. I'll come back to it. Come back to it. Secondly, I would get on every social media platform as, as an observer, which sounds poisonous because a lot of social media is poisonous. But I would, you know... Twitter, which, for example, I didn't discover until less than a year ago. I'd get on that. You don't even need to post. Just fucking make some anonymous account. I'm slamming that at the moment. You know, at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Don't know what I'm doing. Econ Don. Yeah, exactly. Econ Don, one, two, three. Probably wouldn't get on LinkedIn. It's <laughs> a bunch of middle-aged women. Yeah, fuck I would just get, get... you Realise that the people around you and the scenarios around you is like a first dimension in, an, in now like a 5D world. That is Which deep. is a fucking that is good. Deep. That's a that that's, that's good. I've never said yeah, that. Yeah, you're one layer deep. You're one layer deep on the five. I'm not defining what the other four are, but like, you know, in, in 1750, the people around you and the resources around you were everything. Then maybe it's a four dimension word. Maybe it's a five dimension word. But like, yeah. So that's what I'd do. I'd get on. I'd start observing everything and just literally fucking googling and YouTubing anything that you have a remote interest in even if your parents or other people are telling you it's bullshit like I don't know you're fucking interested in horse riding or like cows or yeah. big houses in LA just start fucking searching them and then you come across some shit just do that obsessively and I would like watch content to your heart's desire 
probably not Love Island, but you know, anything that you probably won't be watching this podcast if that's what you want to watch, but I'll do that. And then third, I probably just fucking, I don't know, the, the third point's hard. I was going to say, start just building. St- yeah, actually, yeah. For me, for me that's it. Producing. Start creating something over consuming. For me, because- it'd be content. I really think at the moment, the biggest gap, No, like obviously we've got a, like a, a 30,000 view something. on e Yeah. Like whether it's a brand, whether it's cop, but like I from, think from my brand is ultimately everything in terms of like long term yeah. wealth and prosperity whether it's and personal business. Or business brand, like one yeah, or two. I think j- just start creating something like wh- whether that's a fucking I don't know YouTube channel where you post the shit you ref- you're recording anyway, or whether it's fucking like freestyle rap, which by the way, I'm world class at and I need to start doing that myself. I swear to God, I'll put a track on at the end. We'll do it after this, like off grid and I'll edit it in. <laughs> Just start creating something because think yeah, about yeah. it, like the whole 99 to 1% split, which is the crude stereotype, but it's the crude way of saying, you know, those that make it and those that don't, most people don't make it. Yeah. It's probably more like 99.9 and yeah. 0.1%, but the 99% are consuming everything, whether oh. it's the news, content, products, blah, blah, blah. Name a successful person that hasn't created something. They don't exist. That's whether I it's fall, a business, a brand, a music, like, I follow product. into a trap of consuming so much that I get overwhelmed with consumption. So create over consume. Tattoo that shit on your fucking syndrome. arm. Yeah, I get, I get, I just consume so much. I'll go through waves. I've, I've got out of it now, but I used to go through waves of consuming so much content. I wouldn't apply any of it. It's yeah. a waste of time. Like, you need to consume eighty percent less and just apply the twenty percent you consume. And I think to summarize the, th- the they're the three things, but I think the, the summary point is, and Steve Jobs I think originally said it. It's fucking good shit. You have to remember that everything ever was created or invented by someone or a group of people. Everything ever beyond yeah. the biological being of a human, which arguably was created by God. If you're into that shit, which I deep, don't know, too deep. Do you know what I mean? But everything ever, remote, like abort. everything, it's kind yeah. of a psychedelic concept. But that light that's on us right now, some cunt designed that Came and made that it. Idea. Yeah, it made, um, he, not, he probably didn't make it, make the first one. But like someone came up with, uh, what's it, Edison, the light bulb. Yeah. Like everything ever. I wonder if you imagined beyond light. natural resource <laughs> yeah, was created or, or thought up by a neon ring, ring light. Even like the even twenty four hours. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but even the time in a day is a human concept. Yeah, it's imagined. Yeah, it yeah. I think an element of it's like yeah. how the world spins and shit. But like, I guess it could be twelve hours instead of twenty four if you slice it that way. Like everything ever, human concept is made up. Yeah. So like that's a key mindset thing, and that's probably what I'd say. I don't know if that's wise or not, but. Yeah, I, yeah I, th- I think I'd, I'd go down a similar route. I think, yeah, my only difference would be like if I was going to practical advice in terms of like if I was going to go into a lane, it'd be content. Like you just start putting out content. The world is a content machine. Yeah, I was late on this podcast. A content machine. Like you've just got into content. We were just about to get into content. Like Gary Vee's been slamming it for fucking he's 10 right. years. He's right. And he's not wrong. Like the world is only going to get more. The thing that most we don't have right. though. He's not the wrong. Problem. People don't have the experience, experience yeah. or context to make to good, good content. content. Confidence. Even, wrong. You don't even exactly. need that anymore. Like TikTok. And experience, like we said, breeds confidence. Right, right now, it's TikTok the same shit again. is a beast. TikTok is a beast of, of UGC. Yeah, I feel out of the loop on like, that for the first could, time like, ever. I spoke to some guy the other day on a call. He's getting paid 15 grand a month to create content for three brands. 5K a month per brand. UGC content. That's the TikTok yeah. feed. 
Fuck me. Charlie, uh, Charlie D'Amelio did 17 mil last year. Ah, he's absolutely... Get on the pod. She's 17 years old. <laughs> yeah. She's not 17 anymore, is she? She's, yeah. she's oh. 90. She's 19. Is she? Yeah, she's well, 19. She did 17 mil. 17 That's mil at 19. Instagram videos. But like, the world is a content machine. If you can yeah, learn so how to produce it. Our biggest bottleneck as an agency right now is clients who can't produce enough content. Yeah. So if, you, if, you, if people are, are debating, like, what do they want to do... It's never been easier to produce content. The best content for e-com brands right now is UGC, face-to-camera review-style videos. Just do stuff. If you've got an iPhone, you can produce that. All you need to do is go and pitch yourself. You can easily earn 10K a month selling UGC content to e-com brands easily. Easily. That's not, it's, been, it's easier than it's ever been doing that, ever. So I'm not doing it. I'd never do it. But if you're a confident person and you need yeah. to earn some money to get to, to get started, like that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. But um, That's a good question, actually. What would I do? What would you do? What, how would you start? Everything I knew now, only fans. Uh, yeah, fair. You'd change your sex. <laughs> you just smash it. I just get the rig out. <laughs> what rig? Just, just what get the rig, rig out. Only fans. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Um, I do. I do now. I'd, I'd find someone who had the technical skills, i.e., replacement of you. Yeah. Because all, like, all I can do is talk to people and sell to people. Mm. So I'd, I'd just ice to an Inuit mate. I'd I'd yeah, exactly to an arrow I'd sit <laughs> I'd same. sit and think. Okay, what do people need? Let's find someone who can fulfil that need, and I will be the person that sells it. Yeah, that's how I'd go about it. Sales is a sales is a transferable skill. Very mm. very very. Tra- you never get ne- that is never going to lose. You no matter what happens in the world, you're always going to have to. Sell the best earners in, in, mm. in any industry, yeah. salespeople. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent. A lot of the time, it's it's hard. It's inherent within people's personality to be able to yeah. sell. But yeah. one thing I I've understood is that to be a good salesman, it's not the sales spiel and psychology and everything. It's a good salesman is someone who connects with people. So yeah. One of the people we hired was it was a friend, yeah. but I've known him for a while, and I he just whenever I've been out with him, whenever I've met people with him, he's just like he's so listenable. He's just so yeah. easily able to spark a relationship with people. That's all sales is. If people like you, they'll buy from you. Yeah. You don't have to learn like, oh, you know, you offer this and then you downsell and you offer a 50% offer one day only. Like that's that's secondary. The first part of it is just getting people to like you. Yeah. So mine's probably a bit different from, from your two. Yeah, you're in a different lane though. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's valuable. Lane. Valuable for people watching 100%. Right. I've got Is another it? question for you. Go on well. then. I, I like this flipping the script. <laughs> I've got another question. Who like for both of you? For both of you, who who would you say is your like? Th- so I, I'll answer it as well because I've got a, an answer to the question. But yeah. like, who are your three biggest inspirations? So for for me, Jeez, it's always like that. finding. Like, I don't have one or two big inspirations. I always try and find an expert in certain lanes because I feel like mm. each business owner is good at something but not everything. Changes on a daily. So like I've got Andy Frisella for Mindset, Sam Ovens for process, Processes, and then Alex Mosey. You're way more agency esque than me on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, who would yeah but it doesn't matter. Like, who are your inspirations? I don't know if I think about this enough. It could be, yeah. it could be, it could be wide ranging. Like, it could be personal, it could be business, it could be anything. Who really okay, inspired well, I'm literally like, thinking about this on the spot. Yeah. Right now. Um, 
reading a lot about David Goggins. I think I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, so, well, yeah, he's so, a freak of nature. I've never mentioned him in the pod before. I have always had an affinity to... That's true. Yeah, he's a god. He's a god. Ridiculous physical tasks, because yeah. I, I think that's where I got the entrepreneur realism from mm-hmm. is like savageness in the fucking rowing boat Sorry. oh dear so like David Goggins fucking it. I, th- I think like a lot of creative excellence starts with the ability to fuck yourself up physically he ran like, a uh, Ironman with two broken shoes like, a bit exactly of me always I, say. Like, I always have this an episode 13 which no one fucking liked by the way which was insane because these cunts are mad they rode the Atlantic. My mate rode yeah, the Atlantic so in a boat nuts. the size of a car for seven weeks. Who so the fuck nuts. does that? I think that's more badass than David Goggins. That's more badass. So I'm than saving David Goggins, but maybe David Bruce. Mate, they'll be, they'll be. Who was on the podcast? <laughs> is one be, of my biggest inspirations. I honestly think like there'll be there'll be more people who have earned a hundred million in the world than could do that. Like 100%. I honestly, he invited 100%. me to do it, and kind of bit of a tangent. I'll come back to the other two people, but name me a harder thing. You rode the yeah. fucking Atlantic in a the Atlantic Ocean in a boat the size of a car. So big. please go and watch episode thirteen. I think it was thirteen. Might yeah. be, I think it was thirteen. I think that's harder than any. No one any watched value it because they were like, "Oh, it's not entrepreneurial." That is the most badass shit in the yeah. fucking world, man. That's that's what I was saying about earlier about foundational principles. That, that is mindset, a foundational foundational. Principle. I will yeah. do I this. I cannot be defeated. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm going to do it. That until is why I, I brought like, those guys on. And no, a lot of people I feel like just saw past it and didn't give a fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess I said David Goggins, but people that do that sort of shit because mm-hmm. like I don't think anything entrepreneurial even comes close to like the basic physical biological function no. of no I'm going to do I couldn't do that X 100%. physical task I don't have that in my, and no one else does marker. it I don't have that marker so th- th- that's the first isn't it? Um, fuck me two more Jesus Christ whilst you think touching on that there's a guy who went on the Rogan podcast I can't remember his name he sold something cowboy and he did like either 100 hours yeah no 100 hours 100 days 100 days like that is that <laughs> is that is like that's more than the Atlantic 100 Ironmans in 100 days my brother's like, doing an Ironman that's one and he's diabetic but like can't pretty badass, badass, one, yeah, it's not still badass, but I couldn't do an Ironman. But like a hundred Ironmans in a hundred days, I want to do something. I think like that. doing that is harder. If you than can it. do that. What it, can't you do? That is harder. It's an easier it. question. It's in my the Netflix opinion, series with the guy who did like all the peaks. Yeah, thirteen peaks. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I watched that. That's that's that, that's jokes. hard, but the hundred Ironmans in a hundred days for me is harder than earning a billion pounds, in my opinion. Like, I, I, I would actually I, agree. I, I would say that is a agree. harder challenge. If I had to choose one or get I killed. Would, I would rather try and earn <laughs> a billion pounds in like fifty years and try and do a hundred Ironmans. Yeah, facts. That is. What is that? What's that? Fifty miles. It's, or something? it's a marathon r- running, I think, and then like a marathon. Well, it's, like, it's, it's a marathon. It's, it's a marathon, a Tour de France, and like a fucked up swim. I can't. It's, it's like fucked. all three major things. Like, how can you include a Tour de France as like a section? <laughs> it's a section. Yeah, the Tour de France is a section. You run at the end as well. So when you've done the swim and the Tour de France, you do a marathon. What is an Ironman? Mad. I have to answer your other bits of the question. The two other people. Fuck me. I don't know. To be honest, I was just um, going to say David Goggins. We had a podcast a, on Monday. An Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bicycle ride, and a 22, 26.2 mile run. Miles, not kilometres as well. That is a hundred of them in a hundred days is fucked. Ask me that the other question you mentioned. So, I can't yeah, think of two so you, people. You've, you've gave it. You've gave dog it. Doggins. I can't think of two more people. Goggins. So, so like, else. Oh, uh, well, that was my question. Like, who are the two, the three people you've inspired oh, most? Like, they've inspired me most. Yeah, well, I was like, going to say Goggins, but the reason was let's think of three together. Right, if you, if you ever wake up or you you sit there and you think, oh, can't be asked, you know, can't yeah, be asked, yeah. just think, there's a bloke out there that ran 
whatever, 50 miles with two broken two shins. shins. Yeah. You shut up, mate. Yeah, do yeah. do the work. Legit. Like he did, he he tried and failed three or two or three times through the most pull-ups in the world. And then he, he did 2,000 yeah, pull-ups in a single session. If you're complaining, so you need to grow up. Yeah, true. And I'm... I'm massively I'm not saying oh I'm, I'm always doing like mad shit but a lot of the time that it I'm gives you perspective yeah, yeah people a lot of the time I'm like massively yeah, weak compared to Goggins like, but I think of that I, and I'm like I like right, his mindset just it. like stay hard yeah, yeah. stay yeah. hard is, is like just fucking mindset. like yeah it's just like I know it's him but it's a mindset yeah I suppose in perspective to answer that question Christ like recently God I don't want to lick anyone I hate licking people's asses but I think Jack from Wayflower is big inspiration to me. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, if you're yeah, watching. Yeah, he's fucking killing it. Shout out, like, because I had a few drinks with him a few months ago when we got to know each other. And I said to him, how the fuck do you get to like a fucking unicorn fintech company? And like, it was literally like 18 months, I think, officially. Nuts. And he just told me the story. And, and like, you correct me if I'm wrong. Like, words to the effect of I was basically broke at like 29 and I'm 31. <laughs> fucking like, I don't know, very wealthy. Um, so yeah I think like, like I, I that's more relatable to me because yeah. it's not he's a cool Don like he's not some fucking like Mark Zuckerberg Freak. lizard yeah. <laughs> no for real though like yeah, he goes yeah. out loves to fucking send like had a bloody big send at my flat over there actually a few months ago <laughs> trying to get him on the fucking podcast but he won't reply to my whatsapp but and he's also an yeah. investor in space the, the biggest single investor in space so I appreciate it email list <laughs> So I think that's super inspirational because it's like it's like local in it's the sense doable. that I actually it's know doable. him it's and he's built something ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't see anything in him that isn't in a lot of other people if they just turned it on a little bit. Yeah. So like, because like people like Elon Musk, you think, oh fuck me, they're like biologically freaks. Yeah. And I think think he is. Yeah. But like so Jack from Wayfair, I don't think he is. So I think that. Um, who, who's the third person? Um. Mine's Probably, always been. Mine's always. Mine's always been like find the people in in your industry, not even industry, but find people who are experts in each field. So as I said, like mine's, um, like for me, it's always been like Sam Ovens, which is he's very like he's it's very like he's you, very yeah. like online business, but like he is high level thinking. Like most yeah. of the people who you think are gurus, who you think like they've teach learned you from shit. him, like Becca, like you, yeah, like. I, I watch you the, learn from Becker. Becker learned from Sam. Yeah, like I watch. I watch Sam's courses. We always joined his mastermind the other day. We turned it yeah, down. But like joined. we watch his. We watch his courses. A guy I know called James Beat. You went to that, and I was in LA. I know that guy, the ecom dropshipping guy. Yeah, YouTube. like most of the people on the who are watching. He went to this, his quantum mastermind. Yeah, shit. most of the people who are watching this, like, like when you watch guy. his when you watch his course, you look to the left. There's Iman Gadzi there. You watch. You look to the right. There's Alex Becker there. Yeah, it's like all of them learn off him. So it's like he is a high level operator that and like, is for sure but so he's one for systems processing high level thinking the other one is Alex Samosi Alex Samosi <laughs> Alex Samosi's 32 just sold his business 46.9 46. 9 million yeah. 32 that was owns, gym launch yeah gym nice. launch yeah, yeah. owns another company called acquisition.com it's a nice domain that. 85 million a year everything he took his whole motto is like I, I have nothing to sell you he just gives away disgusting amounts of value so those two for business, yeah. and then Andy Fisella. Andy Fisella's mindset foundational. If you don't have the foundation, you can't add the business. So every like I listen to Andy Fisella's podcast. Every single podcast that comes out, 
And then whenever What's I'm looking for... What's this new one called? I haven't listened to his new one as much. Uh, real, real AF. I haven't listened to it as real much AF. as the original. Oh, I've listened to every podcast. Like, he's, he's sick. If, you, if anyone's struggling with, like, motivate, like mindset, anything mindset, like, if, mm. you, if you... I honestly think you should listen from episode one to a hundred at least. Yeah. And if you listen to them, it'll change your life. It'll honestly change your life. So yeah. those are my three. Those are my three. All right, cool. You had one more question you mentioned earlier. What was my question? You tell me. I asked you your two b- biggest inspirations. No, were. no, you're number one. Mention off camera. You said you wanted to ask. Oh, I've forgotten. So as it? a good host, I'm asking you what you wanted to ask. Oh, it was something to do with what would I want to do when I was 60 or something. Oh, yeah. What yeah, was it? yeah. Like so that. if you could accelerate, yeah, it's, ca- it's kind of like theoretical because I don't think yeah, you can yeah, answer yeah, no. it right now. But if you it's were like, say experiment. we accelerate to like I'm Matt Kelly at 60 and I'm just, I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. What do you want to have, have accomplished by that point? And same with you. Same with you. If I'm Joe Marson, maybe 60 is a bit early. Seven, let's, let's go early. to 70. It's not a legacy, man. man. Let's go to 70, right? Like, yeah, what do you not, want? What, what, what do you want? You go first in this one. What do you want to... Like, you say you're 70, right? You're chilling. Maybe it's... Maybe it's, it's I'm not going to give any label to how hard you're chilling. <laughs> 150 foot yacht in the Bahamas yeah, that's like, how fucking maybe, hard maybe you're chilling I'm just, hard I'm just chilling. <laughs> maybe you're just chilling maybe if chilling I'm not on a 170 foot yacht by 70 I've fucked up mate maybe it's a I'd like a yacht it's a, but it's a canal boat <laughs> still a 170 foot canal boat yeah what I guess you, what, uh, what, you, what do you want to do I want a legacy. I want a really want a legacy, legacy, but not for like egotistical like reasons. Vince, Mc, Vince yeah. McMahon. I don't want legacy. like a. I don't want a statue and like Vince a cult. Vince McMahon legacy. No. You want to be one of the early investors in space goods. Yeah, I want it to be <laughs> like when the market caps one of the guys. <laughs> he wore the cap before he even started. Yeah, for real though. No, I just want. To, I want people to not for like egotistical reasons. I want to have just made a difference. Yeah, you know? fair. I want to get to the point. That's I don't powerful, know if you guys though. know about like, about like Ray Dalio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hedge fund, most successful hedge fund for the past twenty years. He, he, he splits his life up into like four segments. The second segment was like make as much fucking money as possible, get mad successful. Third segment, which is in now, is like Alex Homozy, release all your value, no holds barred. Release all your value. Once you've done that, chill out. And then die. That's his. That's his. His life cycle. And die. I want to get yeah. to a point where it's just like. And then transcend consciousness. Yeah, just like live into into the heavens. Just well, I want to get to a point where it's like. Yeah, people. I'm not. I don't have any gain. I've got nothing to gain from it. All give. But mm-hmm. just people are like. See, that's the thing with. Yeah, he's 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 given a lot. He's done a lot, but yeah, he's but, given a lot, and that's why I appreciate him. Yeah, fair. Yeah, Ray Dalio is like even more than Homozy because Homozy's Homozy's all I've got nothing to sell you. He has an acquisition company, but, but also like I've I got do a, have a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, like, little, come, little, come just from a little me. bit here. Just, <laughs> just, just it's, it's just down here on the left. I've got a little bit to sell you. I actually do have a tiny bit of something to sell you. But I don't have anything. I'm going to say. I've got <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like he has an acquisitions company. So it's like. He has nothing to sell you, but yeah. Loki has something to sell you. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Ray Dalio literally has nothing to sell yeah. you. Um, She's just not even accepting. Yeah. What about, what about you? Like, what, what do you want to be at seventy? Legacy, like long-term vision. Space goods. You're, well, maybe you're just absolutely no, shrewd. genuinely. Yeah, bro. <laughs> shrewd out no, your mind. I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to build something, yeah. and the company is the vehicle for that. That 
I can make fuck you money from yeah. doing, but doing something that, doing something that a I love doing, yeah. b has a genuinely net positive impact on the world, yeah, and I guess c in, inspires the next generation to some extent, which maybe this podcast would be, I don't know, but like it's honestly hand on heart, I've always thought there's something a bit more than just make 10 million then fuck off to the casino because I, I know, I know people that have made that sort of money and don't really do much now and like 100% I don't know where it comes from like, I, I don't think I'm not, not an Elon Musk character I don't think I'm going to fucking save the world I, I'm not autistic enough I am autistic to an extent <laughs> but yeah, not yeah. autistic enough yeah, it's office. Yeah, I guess an idea of life by 70 would be I mean you know very hypothetically but I think realistically I made 500 million quid from maybe from maybe hypothetically building a brand that I made 100 from started a fund positioned in the mental wellness e-commerce space that I was passionate about called rainbow.com I saw that domain by the way for sale for 4 million quid the other day 4 million so I like rainbow.com as a group as a group name you saw it or you sold it no I saw it oh, I online go daddy I like that as a group name I see like rainbow.com is like my version of the hut group right oh, like and then it. rainbow goes public at a fucking 7 yeah, billion uh, dollar valuation I still have a little 5% cut <laughs> something like that on a yacht in the Bahamas yeah. Yeah, and then actually. I don't know I built a disgusting family with like 17 kids all this shit but that's very long term my the things I think about are probably pre-30 yeah being recently yeah, 26 yeah, which I feel as, old but like I genuinely believe fucking everyone floats their own horn like whatever but like, I do I would be disappointed if I hadn't built a company worth 50 to 100 mil by 30 yeah Based, based on the tra- the things I've based on the things I've done, the people I know, and the trajectory that I believe ne- I'm on now. Neon Beach would have been that if you if you'd done it in a better way, hundred percent. Neon Beach had yeah, it you could have, you could have dominated that market because everyone got into I it. created six, that market. Yeah, you did. You you invented the market. If you if you'd done it better, everybody else would have come six yeah. months late to the party, and you'd absolutely destroyed them on margins. We got space because it's, it's right. but like it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, but I, I do genuinely years. believe yeah. that this fucker. Like, cause the, the reason I like this as well, the whole aesthetic takes bits from my past brand. It's almost like a fucking rebirth. Yeah, yeah. It's like reincarnation. Yeah, no, it actually is though. Like, yeah. it, that's what it feels like. So, like, um, when, when it goes live, which by the way, fucking sign up on the website. I'm dead serious. Announce yeah, the giveaway. The aesthetic is sim- takes from neon, takes from the other shit I've done, and yeah, like I, I've done the whole brand and shit. These guys will be, will be running the marketing. Yeah. Big up. Which, yeah, because, well, it's partly because you've done my shit in the past and yeah. we'll put a link to fucking sort with us in in the bio. Hopefully there's some juicy referrals. But, um, and also, yeah, because I, I think that, that that was quite an interesting concept because obviously you put money into a, a brand and then I want you to run the fucking media yeah. buying for. Because so, I think having skin in the game is an interesting oh, yeah, idea. Definitely. Because most agencies and brands don't do that. We've wanted, a, wanted an e-com... And it, and it, yeah, and it also gives you more clout, an, an actual ownership stake in a brand, which I genuinely it. think will be a nine-figure brand yeah. for sure. Obviously, if you're, there's Not a start, of, I wouldn't start it worse. There's a couple of, <laughs> there's a, there's one e-com agency I can think who owns two brands, and it's obviously if you can go to a brand owner and be like, oh, uh, this is my brand, yeah. it's like obviously they're going to trust you so much more. Right, so much shit discussed. Um, we're on to some fucking yellow wine, which Max van der Linden, by the way, I've said his name now. Um, Max. Well, 
Max sent me a fucking case of like 12 wines from his family vineyard in Italy going through the yellow shit which isn't as good as the red and white but it's good I don't um, know I don't know I kind of like it you know? I kind of like, like it, it. Yeah, it's pretty it's fine little, big up Max a final question <laughs> I ask to every guest and I feel like I'd be a decent answer on this is if you could give advice to yourself when you started doing what you are doing which I guess for you was like three years ago less hmm. what what would it be because a lot, a, lot a lot of people watching agency is a massive thing yeah like specific to that what advice would you give and actually well specific to that but also in life as well it may be like three key points I'll go yeah you go first I think one guiding principle that we've had is um, perfectionism kills progress yeah 100% so don't dwell on trying to find the perfect business the perfect idea you'll spend months and months and months sitting there doing nothing if you try and do that just take action you know like we we started off doing stuff without any idea of what would work but you know the a massive part of entrepreneurship is getting confidence you don't get confidence until you start trying to do stuff so for me it would just be find something that you remotely enjoy and just start doing it and then you'll find the passion, you'll find the enjoyment as you get going. Yeah. Don't spend too much time dwelling on if it's perfect because you can never truly perfect something until you've actually done it, is what I'd say. Yeah, so what do you say? Um, is this for agency space specific well, or anyone in the business space? I guess, yeah, I guess it's agency first and then more broadly maybe as well. Mine would be consume less, apply more. I feel like a lot of people when they're first getting going consume too much and don't do enough. Yeah. Like apply, 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 like relentlessly take action. Get attached to doing boring stuff over and over again at the highest standard. Because that is for me what business is. Like a lot of people glamorize it, but like it honestly is like doing the boring shit over and over again to the highest standard that gets you somewhere. Whether that's building a brand, whether that's building an agency, mm. it's not that sexy. Everyone thinks that it's like beautiful. It's like this, this like cra- crazy experience, but it's like attaching yourself and, and being willing to do the same tasks to the highest standard over and over yeah. again. Um, I think that is one element. Um, then I think it's, it's the other thing for me is just getting your mindset right, finding the right source of information to train your mind. And for me, it's listening to Andy Fasella. I'm going to plug him. You, you'd plug him as well, surely. Like yeah, you, for sure. You, he changed I almost my life. forgot. Like, that was the life. shit I listened to first. It, it'll change your life. Like, George, some people who might be listening is like George, like George Heaton from Represent. Yeah. All The only podcast he ever ever reposts is yeah. Andy Fasella. Ever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's not the only, he's, not, he's a bit like David Goggins. He's not the only person who thinks like that, but it's just a great source of high yeah, level sure. content. He's, he's a billionaire. He's got 2 million followers. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's also a regular guy. Yeah. He got stabbed That's, in the face yeah. at 21. He was a nobody. He got stabbed in the face. He thought he was going to die. And now he's a billionaire. It's like, if he can do it, anyone can do it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a relatable thing. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, Hope so. everyone's enjoyed the, 
enjoy the episode. Yeah, look, I thought we've probably gone on forever. This is a fucking long episode, fair, but we could we could we could always go I'd, on forever. I'd do a part two, hopefully part two. <laughs> I want to I want to interview you. Well, I fe- yeah, well, I really yeah, want to interview I think that would probably think... be good because there's a lot of stuff that we opened up like nostalgia wise. I was like, I thought mm. we haven't actually spoke about this on this pod. It'd be great to interview. I think. I think we need. Me, maybe from your uni days and maybe one of your London mates from your current days. And it'd be great to, to give all the people who are watching a bit of a full journey on you. Yeah, cause it wasn't just fucking Neon Beach. It was years and years and years before that. So Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, which bits of which we touched on now. But yeah, um, in pleasure. summary, I hope you enjoyed the fucking episode. Go and put your email into Space Goods. If you don't, I'd be pissed off. Um, <laughs> it's in the bio. Um, subscribe to the channel obviously share it etc etc we're actually growing fairly quick like 3k subs in 4 months roughly it's pretty big we're getting to 50k in a year I've said that so if you don't do that f- fuck what's going on um, yeah <laughs> we've got, we got a load giveaway. of dirty episodes coming what's that do a Space Goods giveaway Space Goods giveaway tune into the next episode and you'll get a Space Goods giveaway yeah. Should we do that on the next episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just build the hype. Build the hype. Yeah, space just put your fucking email in. Like, there's some sh- good shit coming. It takes you two seconds. The, the link's in the bio, spacegoods.co. Um, trust me, yeah, this brand's going to be filth. Like, it's going to be next level. It's the DTC brand to be following right now. So I'm just saying. Um, Can we shamelessly plug? Yeah, shameless yeah. plug. And then, yeah, subscribe, like this shit. Stick around for the next one. Plenty more coming from the Midnight Pod. Hope you enjoyed. And thanks for watching.